Welcome to this segment of the Hagman Hagman Report, uh, this episode. You know, it's not going to happen the way you think. That's the title of tonight's show, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about. It's not going to happen the way everyone thinks. I don't, be, I, don't, I don't believe it will. I believe that there are some wild cards out there that we're going to get into this evening, this segment, this show, to explain, well... It's just not going to happen the way you think. I'm Doug Hagman with Joe Hagman. Together we are something I like to call the Hagman Hagman Report. Coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in Northwest Pennsylvania. Broadcast live on the Global Star Radio Network. And of course, you can go to hagmanandhagman.com. Choose your venue at hagmanandhagman.com. Of course, we have that. We also have hagmanreport.com for show prep. We, uh, we have a lot of things to get into tonight, including some anniversaries that, you know, anniversaries that, that flew by, and did anyone notice, are they relevant to the happenings of today? Absolutely they are. Absolutely. And we're going to be getting into that, the first segment of the show, but before we do, I want to mention that portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by A, American Survival Wholesale, that's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, B, HealthMasters, HealthMasters.com, support them, they've got some fantastic nutritional supplements, and C, of course, Miniman stove, the rocket stove of the future. Let me tell you, any prepper that doesn't have a Miniman stove, you're missing out. Go to minimanstove.com and uh, check that out. American Survival Wholesale for all your long-term storable food needs, as well as healthmasters.com for your nutritional needs. So it's good to have you. Eric, the tech is here as well. And uh, Lady, the studio dog, brought in just to round things up. So it's uh, it was a busy weekend, uh, uh, say that, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a lot going on here inside the studio and outside <laughs> in the world, and we're yeah. back here for this Monday edition. We got a lot to get into today. Um, yeah, <clears> we're gonna be in this, in the bottom of this hour, we're gonna be joined by Lane Miller from MinutemanStove.com. He's gonna come on to talk about survival preparation cooking. Yeah, this is something, and folks, you have to understand, this is something I asked for because I don't know, okay, I don't know how to, uh, I can start a fire in my fireplace. I can start a fire um, y- y- given the right circumstances, but I don't know when, when when the situation is such as I need to use the Minuteman stove. I could I, I could use it, I'm sure, but, but we want to talk about this. We want to talk about the uh, we want to talk about getting you ready if you need to use the uh, uh stove, the rocket stove. Uh, how, what's the best way to do this? And, and also, what, whatever the pitfalls and, and such. This is not an infomercial. This is a, a, a preparatory class, if you will, and, and that's uh, that's important. But before we get into that, well, I, I want to get into a look back. You know, past is prologue, is it not? Let's take a look back, because this past weekend, this past weekend was an anniversary. I wonder how many people remember what happened this weekend. Just uh, 
just five years ago. It was August 6, 2011. A uh, U.S. Boeing CH-47 Chinook military helicopter was reportedly shot down while transporting a quick reaction force attempting to reinforce an engaged unit of Army Rangers in Wardok Province, west of Kabul, Afghanistan. The resulting crash, the murder, I will say, killed all 38 people on board an American, uh, this aircraft. 25 American Special Operations personnel, SEAL Team 6, you may recall. Five U.S. Army National Guard men and women and Army National or Army Reserve crewmen and of course seven Afghan commandos and one Afghan interpreter as well as Bart the dog U.S. military working dog five years ago and and I I, five years ago this past Saturday and and I watched the news for information on that you know you might ask what well, why? Why why are you looking at something that happened five years ago, and what's its relevance to today in this segment that passes prologue? Looking back, it has a lot of relevance. I would direct you to our show from July 16th of, this, of last year, where we interviewed, extensively interviewed, Mr. and Mrs. Charles Strange, the parents of Michael Strange, who was aboard that helicopter. We also interviewed him two other times in the in the past. It was actually September 12th of 2013 when we interviewed him the first time. And he, he came on uh, a month prior, or two weeks prior, just to give a little bit of introduction. But So, so we interviewed him three, three different times. The most recent was July 16th of 2015. And Michael Savage interviewed him, and he's been on numerous other programs. <clears throat> but let me remind everyone here, folks, that we are at war. And the war that we're fighting is not just against those people who are trying to kill us, but those people who are trying to tell us that, no, you know, you, you guys aren't trying, you guys aren't targets. We're, we're fighting an information war. We're fighting a spiritual war. We're fighting a war on multiple levels. This is one of the most important events, in my view, that took place in the last five years, and that is the downing of, of Extortion 17, which is the call sign for the helicopter that was taken out on August 6th of 2011, just months after the alleged uh, raid and, and killing of Osama bin Laden in, uh, uh, in Pakistan. Members of SEAL Team 6 were on that helicopter and were at that raid. Never before in, in history what was, was a 1960 eras, or 1960s era Chinook helicopter packed with so many of American elite fighters. Never before in history was this helicopter filled with these commandos sent out without the necessary cover and never before in history of America were the men and women and dog brought back to America after a ramp ceremony where a Muslim cleric presided over 
the bodies of not just the Afghans, but the Americans, and damned them to hell. This under the watchful eye of not just Barack Hussein Obama, but of Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch, the Muslim Brotherhood sympathizer, the pathetic pathological liar, Clinton. I hope I was able to slip enough adjectives in there for your uh, satisfaction. Relatives, including Charles Strange and Mrs. Strange, of the 30 U.S. troops killed when their helicopter was shot down, said the congressional testimony from U.S. military officials answered some but very, very, very few, precious few questions about what happened, about the single deadliest incident in American history involving special forces, that of extortion 17. You may recall that Gary Reed, the Principal Deputy Assistant uh, Secretary of Defense for Special Operations, told the House Committee back a year or two ago that the Chinook's uh, CH-47 flight, a lumbering transport helicopter, was the proper aircraft for the high-risk mission. Oh, it was okay. It was normal. You see, they were targeting a senior Taliban commander in the early morning hours of August 6th in eastern Afghanistan. Now, this military spokesman, just to give you some background on this and then we'll move on, worked to dispel allegations that insurgents might have been tipped off about the flight by members of the Afghan security forces. He said that eight Afghans aboard the Chinook, who also died, had been properly vetted. But what he didn't tell you was they were swapped out at the last minute. The parents of many of many of the parents, I should say, of the the, the the killed are dissatisfied with the answers. They're dissatisfied with everything that has come out of the U.S. military, the White House, and the Department of State. Charles Strange told told me and told Joe directly on this radio station, on this network that Obama, that he blames Obama directly and Hillary as well for this incident, for the loss of life, for the for the death of his son, Michael Strange. I, I thought about Michael Strange and Charles Strange this weekend and I frankly folks I I, I, I can't imagine the anguish that family was going through or the families of the of the killed were going through I, I did say a prayer many prayers actually for Charles Strange for his strength and for his wife And I was going to play a clip. <clears throat> I was going to bring a clip on tonight. <clears throat> and we, we still might do that this week. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's starting to sound like Hillary Clinton now, right? <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I, I was going to bring a clip on Charles Strange with Charles Strange, and uh, I decided not to. Although, I'm, given the fact that I've got a, a frog in my throat now. Maybe I, I made a mistake there. Again, 
just trying to just trying to emulate Hillary Clinton here in this in this monologue. Wait, I got to throw in a couple of coughs here if I'm going to do that Clinton thing. <coughs> there we go. See, did that sound more like Hillary, the lizard? The reason I'm bringing Extortion 17 up and Charles Strange and Michael Strange up, Michael, Charles Strange started a foundation, the Michael Strange Foundation, which I, I would urge everyone to support and to talk, talk to people about. Uh, but, but I really want to bring your attention back to August 6th of 2011 in the days there that, in those trying days. The military had notified Charles Strange and other, other families that the bodies of the Special Ops Team, SEAL Team 6, had to be cremated because of the condition of the bodies. That's not true. As a matter of fact, Charles Strange on this program said that the military had given them a disc. On that disc, a hard disc, and on that disc were photographs of his son, dead, holding a rifle to the extent where he could see the hair on the arms of his son clutching a rifle. His son had jumped from the helicopter before it crashed and was fighting when he died. His body was not mangled. Wait a minute. Hillary Clinton moment again. <clears throat> I don't want a short circuit. Oh, wait. Wrong topic. The reason this is important is because you, as Christians, we as Christians have a a choice to make when it comes to the elections of of this year. Now, with respect to viable candidates, and I understand you've got you've got numerous parties and other things going on. You've got uh, libertarian candidates and even communist party candidates. But when you're talking about viable candidates playing on the field in which we're playing, you've got two choices. You've got Hillary Rodham, Diane Rodham, the witch pathological liar, uh, Clinton, or you've got Donald Trump. That's it. That's, that, that's it. And I believe that if you as a Christian, and you can turn this off and, and that's fine. I think if you are a Christian and you say, well, I'm going to vote for Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, because at least we know that the evil that we're, we're going to get, we can manage that. Trump, I'm not so sure, if that's your if that's your position. Or even perhaps I'm going to set this one out, or I'm going to vote for Jill Stein, or I'm going to vote for uh, Gary or uh, Johnson, whatever, I can't remember his name now. <clears throat> Then, then, I, then I think it's my view that, that you should reevaluate your belief system, your ideology. And if that is offensive to you, then take it for what it's worth. I don't care. I care about you. I don't care about that ridiculous decision and that process that you arrived at to make that decision. Because you see, uh, it, and I was, I spoke briefly to Greg Jackson today and he says, you know, I, I don't believe that America is going to survive. And, and I agree with that. I don't believe America has got a future. Uh, however, under Donald Trump, perhaps we do. We could buy some time. Can we not? And if buying time is the only thing we can do that gives our children 
and our grandchildren the ability to swing on their swing set and to, and to enjoy recess one more day, or your wife to trim the roses or pick the flowers or do the gardening one more day, one more normal day. Is it worth it? If we could have one more normal day, is it worth it? You see, too many Christians think for themselves and not for others. But back to Extortion 17. At the epicenter of Extortion 17 is, of course, the usual suspects. But the most prominent and the most relevant, of course, would be Barack Hussein Obama II, Barry Satoro as we know him, and Clinton. Clinton lied. Obama lied. And they're still lying. I will put together, we will put together a clip from Charles Strange. Not not tonight, but we will. And we'll, we'll play that clip. I think what Mr. Strange had said to us, now his interview, initial interview, actually predates the Michael Savage interview that you can hear on, on the different uh, YouTube channels and networks. He grabbed Obama by the, sh- by, by the arms. <clears throat> and said he wanted answers. This is before he wiped the, the snot on, on his, his sniveling snot because he was crying on his lapel, Obama's lapel, much to the consternation of the Secret Service agents. But I think as Americans, we, did, we need answers as well to what happened. Because Extortion 17, you unravel that. The, the, the key to that unravels what happened on May 1st of that year as well and that's the uh, alleged taking down killing of Osama bin Laden in Pakistan which leads me to the, the statement passes prologue when you look at the events leading up to the downing of extortion 17 plenty of indicators by the parents of the fallen soldiers had said look each to, to, to a person each one said my son said something's wrong there's a leak someone is leaking information I've got my will ready hey dad I've got my will ready Charles Strange said his son he believes his son knew he was going to his death when he was called back he was called back a day early call came from the White House so if that's the case you've got Hillary the witch Clinton and Obama working for the Muslims. And you might say, well, of course, we know that. But you also have Jason Chavitz, Daryl Issa, Grassley. Need I go on? On the right, working for them as well. Otherwise, they would not get the answers that these parents deserve that Charles 
strange deserves. Past his prologue. Obama is adamant, as is Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, adamant to protect Islam at all levels. Past being prologue, you've got reports now. The former Department of Homeland Security officer Philip Haney appeared on CBN News, and he gave an insider's perspective on the Obama regime's dedication to avoiding offending Muslims at any cost, even at the expense of national security. What happened on August 6, 2011, plays right into what's taking place today. What happened on August 6, 2011, the massive, the, the worst loss of American life, unprecedented loss of American life, the single worst loss of American lives in a single incident in the Afghan campaign, surpassing Operation Red Wings in 2005, is a byproduct and a direct consequence of the Obama and Clinton, Panetta, Brennan, Muslim Brotherhood-loving, boot-licking, bow-making regime. Haney, the former DHS officer who should know, detailed his experience as a whistleblower. He wrote a book, See Something, Say Nothing. A Homeland Security officer exposes the government's submission to jihad. Folks, we have submitted to jihad through Obama and Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton. Back in 2009, just very quickly, as we go back just a little bit further and pass this prologue, Haney's superiors said, we want you to do something in your capacity as DHS officer. We want you to go in, and we want you to go in all the training manuals and eliminate the word modify. Anything that linked information in about 850 records that were that were put in the system about the Muslim Brotherhood. We want you to correct certain statements about the Muslim Brotherhood. Haney said the Obama regime didn't wish to investigate the Muslim Brotherhood. They don't, they don't want to talk about the Muslim Brotherhood terrorist members because it relied on the Muslim Brotherhood and other Muslim groups with ties to terrorism to help form U.S. counterterrorism policy. Today, ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you this. We, we would use the enemy playbook, correct? Yes. But would we invite the enemy into our home? and show them our alarm system, our perimeter security, and give them the blueprints to our tactics. No. But yet Obama, Hillary, Brennan, Panetta, and those before them did just that. What happened next in 2012, less than a year after Extortion 17 went down, or was taken down, Obama and his Muslim Brotherhood puppets purged all 67 
of Haney's records dealing with Muslims associated with Muslims associated with a movement knows, known as Tablighi Jamaat, which is a which was the form, which was the group that that, that actually spawned into ISIS. They didn't just modify the information in the records. They completely expunged the records. And then they investigated Haney for putting that information into the system in the first place. This is how this administration works. You see, past is indeed prologue because it is happening again and again and again. And in fact, the the accelerator under the foot of Obama and under the foot of Hillary prior to her resignation has been pressed down very hard. I didn't intend to take this entire segment, especially I didn't take, intend to take it away from Joe, uh, but I, I thought it was important that we, that we, Joe, I thought it was important that we recognize the fifth anniversary of the takedown of Extortion 17, that we realize and remind people that this helicopter, this mission, these men were sacrificed on the altar of the Muslim Brotherhood slash ISIS, that, that this happened, this could have been prevented by the powers in the White House, in the, in the, at Foggy Bottom as well. Foggy Bottom indeed. Maybe it's Wide Bottom at the time that she was there, but open mouth, big mouth. So I say I say this: You're a Christian out there, and you, if you're considering voting for Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, I guess that might be your business. But she's got blood on her hands, as does Obama and Sharia, the Muslim Brotherhood, and the Muslim infiltration in this country. At this point, I don't even know if we can walk it back. Joe? Folks, we'll be right back with Lane Miller from Minuteman Rocket Stuff. Stay with us. Staying alive in the middle of a disaster or survival situation is a tough thing to do. It's a lot easier to do when you have a Minuteman rocket stove. Folks, go to MinutemanStove.com. We have Lane Miller, the owner of Minuteman Stove, Minuteman Rocket Stove, with us right now. And we're going to talk about survival preparations and cooking in disasters, in camping situations. Just some healthy tips on staying alive when you need to be able to make some food. You know, I, I got to say this: as you're saying that, staying alive from the Bee Gees. How many people remember that song? Staying alive. Remember you had disco era. You got to be that old. But Mr. Miller, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report, and, and tell us that it's not going to be that bad when things go awry. We need to use your product and to, to, to help us. Help me understand. 
Well, hey, hey, oh, Joe and Doug. Hey. Thank you very much for having me back on the show. Um, I tell you, you know, I don't think it's going to be very easy to get by in the future, but I think there's a lot of things that people can do to make a bad times much better. So, uh, you know, I've been to a well, lot of prepper shows. Go ahead, Doug. Okay, no, you say that. See, here's what we want to do, Mr. Miller. We want to offer our, our listening audience, we want to offer them the uh, ability we, we want to offer them some good nuggets, survival tip nuggets right now, including the use of your product, because we want them to not just survive, but to thrive through the crisis, crises that are about to hit us. And, and the, the tonight's program, uh, note, uh, the name of the program, it's not going to happen the way you think. That's right. It's not going to happen. I, I don't believe, we don't believe, Joe and I, and even Eric said, yeah, I don't think things are going to come down the way everyone thinks they are. So, but in the event we need alternative ways to cook food, you're going to help us on this, right? We can call you during the disaster. Well, eh, better yet, when we call, when, when, when don't you tell us now? But go, go ahead. I'll shut up now and let you talk, and you you talk us through this. Do we lose him? Do we lose Mr. Miller? Paging Mr. Miller. I know he had a, uh, before the show we were communicating with each other, he had a new headset. New headset. That he was using. Never a good thing. I I remember Duke being on Coast to Coast with a new headset, (laughs) and and George saying, I think we got him back. George saying, get rid of the headset, Doug. Yeah, we're yeah. here. I'm done with the headset. Is this better? <laughs> That's better. I'm, sure. I, I was just relating to, 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 to the audience. Uh, Mr. Miller, we, we, I was on with George Nori one time and it was like two in the morning. I had a new headset and, uh, it was two to four, yeah, two, uh, two, two o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the morning. And I, in fact, I was on with Steve and, uh, uh, there's a voice like, you know, out of the, out of the ether came across my headset. And the only thing I, I could really understand was George saying, I won't use the expletive, but he said, dump the headset now. Dump the headset now. (laughs) Well, I needed to. (laughs) I tell you, it was weird. I couldn't hear you guys very well when I was on there. Um, And I could hear myself in this weird little echo in the background. So it's off now. I'm on regular hold up to my earphone now, and uh, we'll just go forward from here. (laughs) Let's rock. All right. Thank you guys for having me back on the show. I really appreciate it. I also want to thank the listening audiences out there, uh, especially the ones that have bought our stuff. It's been wonderful. The response has been just fantastic from the customers, and uh, we're shipping more and more every day. Uh, we couldn't be happier, and uh, we've been able to bring on new employees, and uh, things are just fantastic. And it's all a, it's all a result of your your guys' help and promotion, and uh, customers are uh, trusting us to put a product in their hand that they'll be able to use and hopefully uh they'll trust us even more because uh you know it's it's just something i really feel passionately about getting these stoves out to the public because so many people um are just unprepared i, I wanted you know to spend a little time tonight briefly discussing survival cooking and Although much of the information is basic and common sense, it's been my experience in talking with preppers at shows and at prepper uh, gatherings that the topic is very often overlooked, and many people are not as prepared as they think. So, um, you know, I'm going to go through a few points tonight and discuss basic, you know, outline of uh, of what what the, what the topics are in survival cooking, and then I just ask the listener, you know. 
self-analyze as you hear this information and just kind of look at your own predicament and your own situation, where you live, what resources are available to you, which kind of cookware and things you have in your kitchen, and just kind of make a checklist of things that you may or may not have so that you'll be prepared because I really think that as we move deeper into the fall and towards uh, towards election and even past then in the transition period, I think we're really, uh, you know, it, it's just it's very scary. Uh, this is a time when I'd say, uh, you know, we, we've moved to condition orange, so uh, everybody really needs to consider getting their stuff tightened up right now. So um, I guess we'll start with survival cooking. Um, basically, it breaks down into three basic um, areas. You've got cooking at home, which I call sheltered in place. Um, and then going through this, you have to think, this is a world where you're not going to have any electricity. You're not going to have, um, you know, any resupply on fuel. And also water is going to be an issue. So those are, you know, three things that you're going to have to really um, loosen out a lot of it and, uh, you know, be able to mitigate a shortage of the other. And um, basically, I'm going to start, we'll just start with sheltered in place and yeah, uh, we'll uh, move and, on and from there. Mr. Lane, let, let me just mm-hmm. let me just tell the audience this, okay? Uh, I see okay. many people. I see many people who have ordered freeze dried, long term storable food, and there are number ten cans or even mylar packages. They're you know they've got them stored under the bed and the closets wherever. All right, and right. they have their guns. They got their ammo. They've got their Bible. They're spiritually prepared. They've got their water, uh, actually freeze dried water. Uh, just add mm-hmm. uh, water and uh, oh wait no never mind uh, yeah, yeah that doesn't work <laughs> okay but they've got everything but, but you know they stand there and they think they're ready and okay so the cooking aspect you're not going to do it on a stove because and you have to add water to the freeze dried long term storable foods and and people you know look I'm a smart guy I think or relatively it depends on who you ask I mean my wife yeah, not so much but 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 you know. You want to be able to cook a meal or cook the food and have a taste not like sawdust, so you have to have a good product to start with, and that's where American Swap Wholesale comes in for their long-term storable food. But then you've got to have a good thing to cook it, cook it on, and that's where you come in. So, yes, I just want to make sure that people understand that I thought I was prepared until I saw what you had and and, and sent the uh, uh, rocket stove, and now I feel a whole lot better. Go ahead, take it. Oh yeah, well, a rocket stove. I mean, the, the majority of people aren't even aware of what a rocket stove is, and uh, you know, basically, it's a wood burning device that burns little sticks and twigs. And they're extremely efficient um, stove design. It's probably the most efficient way that you can burn wood um, and create a cooking fire. And it's got some wonderful other attributes, too. Um, rocket stoves use very small diameter little stuff, even biomass, which is little bramble and stuff you pick right up off the ground. So even if you're in an urban environment or if you're, um, you know, even if you have a lot of wood resource, you know, it's it, it cuts down a huge amount of processing time and energy. So it's a real work saver. And, you know, the, 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 the formula in survival is calories in and calories out. So if you can reduce your workload and um, and, and, and still create the, the same, you know, effect of cooking um, 
without having to split wood and chop wood and haul wood and do all of that, then uh, you're just that farther ahead in the game when you're, when you're talking about the calorie equation. So uh, that's one of its main attributes is it's a real workload saver. Now, you're also burning little sticks and twigs. Now, they're everywhere. The fuel is truly at your feet. Um, even in an urban environment, you'll be able to go down to the park or go, you know, around the corner. You can you can burn on. Uh, you can burn the uh, wood chips out of your uh, garden if you need to. That's the kind of, uh, you know, fuel that would be available to you. And if you have to split down some wood, say you found a pallet and you wanted to tear it down, rocket stoves are so efficient and use so little wood, it's on the order of like a tenth or a fifteenth or even a twentieth of the wood that you'd use on an open fire. You could make a pallet last virtually a whole week, if not a whole week. Um, I could I could cook with just one pallet. So it's extremely efficient. And once you get a rocket stove heated up, you can feed it um, cardboard, you can wind up newspaper, you can use all kinds of little combustible things to keep it going. So, you know, it's a, it's a truly amazing little device. And, um, you know, we, we feel like the Minuteman rocket stove is the perfect answer for, for the preppers. We designed the stove specifically for, um, for the preppers' needs. <clears throat> so, I, I can second that. Uh, look, folks, it, this is not just a mere ammo can. That's look. I've been to many uh, since I've been doing this broadcast, and Joe too. We've been to many uh, of uh, prep. Uh, what do you call them? Expos. And I'll mm-hmm. say your product. Look, your product is heads and shoulders above anyone else's, only because it's reinforced. It's got the burner. It's got the the various. I mean, it's got the seal around the top. It's easy, uh, efficient. It's, yeah, it's uh, small. And, and I'll tell you, it stands up to the elements. We left ours out in the rain, and, and uh, you know, so okay, so all right, fine. Here we are, sheltering in place. We got let's rock. Keep going. Okay, so we're sheltered in place. Well, basically, you know, we need to think about what kind of cookware you're going to use. And um, you know, I'm a big fan of using cast iron cookware. Um, it's easy to clean. It doesn't show the soot from burning wood on it, so you don't look down at your stainless steel and say, oh, my gosh, it's so filthy, I've ruined it. Um, it's extremely durable. Um, you could leave cast iron out in the rain for 10 years, clean it up, and re-season it, and it's ready to go again. So it, it's virtually bulletproof. And it's also cookware that you can use directly in a fire. If you ever do need to throw it in or want to cook over an open fire, you can put a Dutch oven right into the fire, a pan or whatever, lay it right into the fire. There's no handles that are made of plastic or anything like that to damage, and it won't work. I mean, that's how it was designed. So I'm a big fan of cast iron cookware. And just to have the basics, I suggest everybody have a large skillet, like a 12 or 15 inch skillet. Um, you know, that's where you're going to do the bulk of your frying and that type of thing. Um, also, you would want a large Dutch oven. That can be used, um, and when I say large, I mean like an 8 quart, possibly up to a 12 quart if you uh, had a large family. But you can use them actually to cook in um, like an oven. And you can do that on top of a stove or you can do that in an open fire. And you can bake breads in them and, and um, bake pies, do anything you want as far as baking goes. But it also doubles as a very big, you know, stock pot or very big uh, uh, cooking pot of that type. And it's nice to also have a smaller Dutch oven in case you're not cooking huge quantities as well. 
Um, you know, those are some of the basics, but you do need to have at least one stainless steel, you know, big pot. I like about a 12-quart size. And the reason is because it's not great to boil water in a, in a Dutch oven. I'm not saying that you can't do it, but it just, for some reason, it, it doesn't taste well, and it also will boil the seasoning out of your uh, out of your metal. So it, you'll have to end up re-seasoning your, uh, your, your oven more often if you boil water in it. But it's not a doable, but I really do suggest having a stainless steel pot as well for boiling water. Also, it's useful to wash dishes in and that kind of thing as well, where you don't want to use soap on cast iron, so having that big stainless steel pot's nice. And about a 12 quart's good, too. You can also can in it if you're growing vegetables, so it'll also double as a, a water bath for that. Um, you know, other than that, you've got all of your regular cookware when you're at home. You can use it. Um, I do suggest everybody have a really good deep supply of dishwashing liquid because it's an awesome soap. Dishwashing liquid is the most versatile soap that you have in your house. You can use it in a pinch to clean your clothes. You can use it to wash your dishes. You can even use it for your own hair and body soap. So of all the soaps to stockpile in depth, I say dishwashing liquid is the one to focus on. Um, you know, other than that, um, basically at home, you have a lot of options as far as cooking goes. You've got your home stove, but if it's electric, it won't be working most likely. If you do have a fueled stove, um, one that runs on LP gas, let's say, um, as long as you don't have to require electric power to get it started or for it to run for some reason, um, you should be able to use that stove. Even if it requires an electric start, you can accomplish that with matches or a ferro rod. So um, you would be able to use that LP stove, but my suggestion is don't use it. Use it as, as, as conservatively as possible because that fuel is very valuable and it might be the last LP fuel you ever get your hands on. So I'd leave that in the, the ground as long as possible and rely on that rocket stove. Um, your other options are to cook an open fire. And, you know, there's a lot of problems with that. Um, you've got to, one, have a huge resource, and it's a lot of wood processing time, like we discussed earlier, and it's a lot, lot of, of energy. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of waste. And it's wasteful. And when you put up that big smoke column, I mean, you're just drawing people right in on you and advertising that you're the guy in the neighborhood that has food, and that could cause security problems for you. So it's good not to create smoke when you're cooking. Um, you know, basically, those are the options that you have there. Um, I've written down something else in my notes here. Um, you know, rocket stove, really rely on that when you're cooking at home. If you have a wood cook stove, that's great in the wintertime, but there again, it heats up your house in the summer, making it uncomfortable, and it uses a lot of wood compared to a rocket stove. So here again, I'd still have a rocket stove. Um, the solar ovens and those types of devices are very, very nice to have. Um, they're great for cooking certain kinds of dishes. If you're doing um, rice dishes or long-term, you know, dried beans, that kind of thing, uh, a solar oven is perfect. But it does have its limitations. Um, they're not very effective at night, of course, and uh, during bad weather. And uh, you can't use them to uh, boil water very well, so they're not very good for processing water. But with all of these 
these types of uh, issues and prepping, layers upon layers, that's what you're looking to do. Um, have, have everything as much as possible. Have the solar oven, have the rocket stove, any other device that you can come up with, have it. And uh, all of them have their points and their, their, their best uses, but most of them have their limitations as well. So that's kind of the sheltered in place thing. Now the other aspect of of uh, survival cooking is when you're on the go. Um, and, and I'm speaking more about a mobile base camp if you were moving around by vehicle or you know, a refugee by vehicle or you were rendezvousing with other preppers, that kind of thing. You'll be able to carry quite a bit of your home kit with you. But of course you can't take that kitchen stove or that big wood burning cook stove with you most likely. So the rocket stove is extremely good to have. And that's one of the features of the Minuteman stove that we tried to incorporate into it. Um, by using a 50 caliber ammo can as our chassis, that put a, a rubber sealed lid on our, on our rocket stove. So when you go to pack it into your vehicle, the lid seals shut tight, all the soot and stuff like that that's dirty inside of the stove remains in the stove, and the outside is perfectly clean. So there's no smells or soot. It won't get your gear dirty. Um, it's very lightweight. It's only 14 pounds, and it's half the size, if not a quarter of the size, of most of the other rocket stoves on the market, so it doesn't take up much room. And the fact that it's an ammo can <clears throat> means that most likely you've got other ammo cans that you'll be carrying with you, and they'll all stack together very efficiently. So that's another neat thing about our stoves. Um, other than that, when you're on on foot, or I mean, on a, in a mobile base camp, you basically are going to be able to use a rocket stove or use a fueled stove. But here again, you got to carry all the fuel with you that you're going to use. Um, or you're going to be using an open fire. And one technique I just like to make people aware of is the Dakota fire hole technique, where you dig two holes in the ground and you tunnel between the two little holes. And basically what you're doing is you're building a rocket stove in the ground, and it works in very much the same way. So if you have to do an open fire, that's a good way to do one, and it won't make a, uh, a lot of light, nor does it make any uh, very much smoke. It really cuts down the smoke smoke too so that's an excellent technique to know um you know the third the third part of, of survival cooking is when you're on foot and basically it's exactly the same as being a hiker you know you're going to have a little fuel stove um usually they run off of white gas or unleaded gas i really prefer unleaded fueled stoves because you might run across a vehicle or a supply of that somewhere along the way so you could resupply but um you know rocket stoves even mine are usually a little bit too big and bulky to carry unless you're going to be doing kind of a kitchen sharing type situation where each individual person in the group on foot carries one or two items with them to complete um you know a very rudimentary kit that way um our stove is 14 pounds um you know there there are some other folding type stoves out there but they're not necessarily rocket stoves and they will create smoke and all so you know For, 14 pounds again, i, I got to you know lane I, I look i got to say this the 14 uh-huh. pounds um there is no wasted weight there okay all the 14 pounds are put to great use i, I don't know oh, if that yeah. makes sense to people but it it's 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 reinforced the ammo can style is reinforced, and there's no extra weight. It's all needed, equally proportioned, 
proportioned and uh, very good. So, okay, go ahead, sir. Right. And our stove is fully insulated, too. I mean, there's lighter rocket stoves that aren't insulated, but typically they're much bigger and bulkier. They're going to be real dirty. Um, I don't even know if they're even that much lighter. They tend to be made out of, you know, heavy-gauge steel tubing, so I've never actually weighed one of them. But at 14 pounds, I don't know of another insul- fully insulated stove like ours that comes in at that weight. Now, I, I know there are a few that are close, but they're a few pounds heavier than even ours. We use a ceramic refractory insulation inside. It's a premium type of insulation, but it's not very heavy at all. We use less than a pound of it in the stove. So um, that's not adding a lot of weight. The main weight of our stove is the burn tube. And, uh, you know, if we'd have made it any lighter, we would have been taking away the durability of the stove. And I really wanted the stove to be something that if you had to use it every day, two or three times a day, that it would last you five, ten, who knows how many years. But, you know, burning through an eighth inch of steel using sticks and twigs, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's a lot longer than I want to spend using a rocket stove out in the so we think this is something that will really get you through the problem, you know, to the other side, whatever that resolution is. Um, uh, Mr. Know, Mr. Miller, this burns yeah. at, a, at a hot temperature. Uh, could you, I don't know if you've done this, but could you give us an example of, um, you know, versus a normal stove, like how long would it take to boil water? Because I know yours burns at a more concentrated and in a much higher temperature. Um, right. Well, in our in our on our video that we have on YouTube, you can go on just search for Minuteman Rocket Stove on YouTube and pull this up. We boil five pounds of potatoes in an eight quart Dutch oven, and in that um, video, we used um, of course a whole five pound bag of potatoes. We sliced them up, but we used a measured gallon of water in the uh, in the pot. And uh, it took us 26 minutes to get that to a boil. And I didn't really have the rocket stove fully heated up when we put it on. Um, It was still, you know, putting out just little puffs of smoke, which means that it hadn't really gotten all the way up to its operating temperature. But it it took us about 26 minutes. Now, if you're just heating up a a freeze-dried dinner and you're just going to do a couple of cups of water, you're looking at, you know, five minutes less than that maybe I mean it's pretty quick it's, just, it's, 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 it's all the power that you need um, to cook for a whole family and it's right on par with the kitchen stove so um, as fast as you can do it at home you can do it on a Minuteman rocket stove interesting Lane you got about two minutes left on the until the end of the segment um, is there anything okay. that you haven't gone over or would like to tell people about your product that we haven't uh, touched on well, um, you know, as far as the stove is concerned, um, you know, it's a wonderful product. I think they'll be able to see what it's all about by going to our site, MinutemanStove.com. But I did want to mention our Ferrocerium Fire Strikers as well. We uh, manufacture a line of those. They come on um, three different rod sizes and five different configurations, you know, for any use, be it uh, a home half-inch thick home one that's got over 100,000 strikes or even our portable ones, which are still eight to 10,000 strikes. 
they're very, very good quality rods. I did a lot of research on uh, rod manufacturers and tested them all before we decided on the one that we would go with. And uh, we're extremely proud of them. They're the sparkiest on the market. I haven't found anybody's that are better. And that is a huge, huge thing when you are trying to uh, get a fire started, especially when you're wet and cold and shaking. Who wants to struggle with a little fire striker that only puts out a few sparks? I mean, I, 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 I use that. I, I use that just yeah. to see what it would do. I, I have a uh-huh. fire pit in the in the back of my home. I struck it one time, just one time. And oh, yeah. I had a conflagration going, so right. I, I had to try it. And, and, and you're right. Well, I call it the never-ending gobstopper of sparklers. I mean, these things throw out sparks like it's crazy, and they're very, very durable. And uh, they're an absolute necessity, especially if you're doing the mobile base camp or if you're on foot. Anytime you're going to be exposed to the uh, elements, you have to have a ferro rod because it is the only foolproof method that can survive being wet. Um, whiters, matches, I don't care what they're rated. Eventually, the, the water will get to them. So it's extremely important. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah, indeed. You know, I want to thank you for coming on and talking not just about your product, but about the importance of the, well, we, we need something to cook on. And, and you, you give Absolutely. us options, you know, and we, and, and folks, look, plan your survival accordingly. Things are going to get rough. You know, it might, it may not, we, it may not have to be as rough as it could be if you don't plan ahead. And, and this is exactly what we're right. talking about, planning ahead. Thank you, Mr. Miller. MinutemanStove.com. Thank you so much, Doug and Joe. And thank you for right. your listeners. All yes, right, God bless. Thanks, man. Thanks. Preparation. It's all about preparation. Joe, if we prepare, if we look at things and say, okay, this is, this is how we have to do things a little bit. If we say, all right, what am I missing? That little thing, and I know that my biggest problems have been caused by, I shouldn't say the biggest problems, but many of the big problems have been caused by my failure to plan. Because when you, when you, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. That's what the saying is. You, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So look at your preps, understand, look at the totality of your preps, understand what you need and how things can help you, whether it's a stove or whatever. Hang right with us, gonna be right back. Saddle for battle. Saddle for battle. Look, folks, it's not going to happen the way you think. I, at least that's what I believe. And that's the title of this program. It's not going to come down the way you think. It, it really isn't because the globalists that are in power are 50, 40, 50, 60 moves ahead of us. And we have to recognize that. We all, but we also have to recognize their impotence in the face of our God, and our God is the God of the, the Holy Bible, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And of course, our God is not the same as the God, as the moon God of Islam. And we have to be uh, strong enough to, to, to realize that before we kick off this particular segment of the show. I do want to, a couple of housekeeping items, and I'm going to kick it over to Joe. A couple of housekeeping items. 
you catch us? What would you do Friday at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time? Where you buy a television set? Where you buy a TV? Where DirecTV Channel 367? Did you catch us on The Coming Apocalypse? Yeah, that's right. We, Joe and I were in Indianapolis, Indiana the week before last, taping a segment with Paul Begley on The Coming Apocalypse. And it aired Friday at 11.30. It got good reviews. We, the, the audience clapped. And uh, the audience here at the studio actually clapped at 11.30 that evening. We had some people in to watch it because we do have uh, uh, the cable running for the news channels here into the studio. They loved it. Eric said, yeah, it was all right. Eric the tech. He said, you know, you could have done a little better. And then he said something to the effect of, uh, oh, cameras really do add weight, don't they? Anyway. So anyway, I just want to mention, uh, Joe and I are going to be on again, the coming apocalypse part two this coming Friday, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. I had the, had the time wrong last time. Sorry, sorry about that. 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. Pastor Paul Begley, his wife Heidi, what, what gracious hosts they were and what a great program. You're going to be hearing more about that show, that channel, that network, that station and those segments. You're going to be hearing more about that. I, trust me when I tell you that the coming apocalypse with Pastor Paul Begley and folks, Heidi Begley's book. Oh, my goodness. Finding my father. It moved me to tears, and that's not an exaggeration. It really did. Um, Heidi Bakley is, is one of the most, is one of the finest people I know. And I, I, after meeting her and talking with her, I mean, she's just su- such a precious woman, as is Pastor Paul Bagley. What a great guy. And, and what, a, what a dynamic team they are. So that's, uh, Number one, the coming apocalypse, channel 367 on DirecTV, and as well as other markets, okay? I think close to two million viewers, two million viewers, I, I just, what happened? We just had a, 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 a our, our, not our prompter, but our no, stuff just went off there. Uh, the, 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 the science and flashing on the screen there. Oh, alright. Inter- all right. Intermittently, I don't know. Gotcha. It comes on every right. five. Ten We're minutes. looking at, I'm there looking at mo- different monitors, okay? And uh, it just seemed like we had a blackout. But anyway, all right. Tomorrow, folks, John Moore. What a great, or what a great guy. You know John Moore, the homicide, uh, former homicide detective, talk show host now on Republican uh, or Republic Broadcast Network, RBN. Maybe on his show from nine to ten tomorrow morning, talking about my book, Stained by Blood. I just want to say thank you for everyone who did purchase that book and uh, my book, and uh, who's who's. Uh, Said how much uh, they've enjoyed it. I, which brings me to, to another point. So uh, t- tomorrow, between nine and or nine and ten Eastern time, John Moore. I'll be on with John Moore tomorrow, talking about Stand by Blood, giving you information about uh, really what went into not just the book, but what really went into the investigation. And I try to give a little bit more and more out each time. But with John, I'm going to be John being the homicide detective. He, he said, you know, he said I really don't read murder mysteries because I don't like to relive my work experience but he said it was when I read the book it was like I was working again at work again so he gave me a good review on that um, Russ Dizdar was I was with Russ Dizdar this weekend and all I can say folks is wow that's my go to word people know that um, I would urge everyone everybody that can to support Russ Dizdar's work. Um, that's all I'm going to say. 
ex, well, Russ is a great guy. By the way, he's going to turn 60 at the end of this month. Did you know that? Another birthday. <laughs> he doesn't look 60. He could, he could, uh, no, bench lift, you know, he could, yeah, he could bench lift like a VW. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. He was sitting, sitting at our conference table and, uh, man, Lady or the studio dog was, was here. I brought Lady with me and, to meet him and, uh, met, uh, some of his team. And, uh, what a great guy. But, but the work he's doing is so incredibly important. Working with law enforcement, the stuff that's coming out, follow Russ Vizdar very closely because we're going to be fighting on that level that, that, that Russ is fighting on the spiritual level. We already are, but Black Awakening is, is his book. I suggest everyone go to his website, shatterthedarkness.net, and, um, yeah, give him some early birthday wishes, but also, uh, really, really support his work. It's a very important work. So, the last thing I want to mention as well, we have received many of your emails at studio at hagman and hagman.com with writing samples and such. We're going through them. You'll, you'll be notified you're going to be getting an email. Thank you so much for your interest. Man, some of you guys are like really good. I mean, real, better than us. A lot better than us. Thank you for your, for your writing samples or for your, your <clears throat> exposés, your, your, the information that you've given us to be a part of the Hagman Report editorial team. But, uh, as we, as we get into this time that we're entering into a very dangerous time, folks, remember, saddle for battle. Be a Christian, be, a, be but don't be a wimp. Don't be, and when I was talking to, to Russ, uh, Joe, um, we were talking about different scenarios that he was, that he was faced with. And we got to talking, and, and, and I, I love the man. I mean, he gave me a hug. I think he broke a couple of my ribs, but, cause, you know, his biceps are the size of like, you know, hams. Anyway, we were talking about, as Christians, confronting, encountering violence. And he looked in my eyes. Actually, I, I can't do it the way he did it, but he, <clears throat> he's sitting at the, con- he was sitting at the conference table and he, he bent over like this and he said, I have, I've already made it. I've already come to terms with this stuff. If I have to, somebody's coming in to murder my family or murder me, I'm taking them out. And I said, so, so, so you're not like, you know, you're not going to have to take it to the Lord as, as you're, as they're coming through the door or your wife is being ravaged. No, no. No. To me, now, the only reason I mention that is because we've had, we've had some spirited discussion about that on this program. And I, I truly believe as Christians we have to stop being wimps. Stop being wimps. Let's not be wimps. Not, our enemies aren't wimps. We can't be wimps. And Joe, one last thing I want to ask you or I want to tell you too about, uh, about this. We have Greg Jackson coming on. I spoke to him briefly today, as I mentioned. It's going to be an important program. Has he given you the information what he's going to be talking about? Mm-hmm. What's that? Because this is not going to be a typical well, Greg Jackson program. Um, the wording that we use. Yeah. And the wording we shouldn't use. That's right. Things like homosexual marriage. Ah, there is no such thing. 
where in the English language, in the lexicon, did that come from? Gay as a reference to the homosexual sodomites. Hmm? What are you laughing at, Eric? Mic up. Go ahead, mic up. Yeah. Hmm? Folks, and we have a good time doing this program as well. And I want to thank you for your support. Let's get into the news. Uh, Hillary Rodham, Diane Rodham, the witch, Clinton, the State Department. Is that where you want to go? Yeah, we can start there. Ah, ah, did you see this? Man, if this doesn't tell the tale, a minute or a 30-second clip. This is the, the Hillary, well, the former Hillary Clinton State Department, but nonetheless, the State Department under the Obama regime. Did you, folks, did you see this clip? You talk about in-your-face globalists laughing at, see, we always said, we've been saying for the last couple of years, they're laughing at you. And here it is, folks. They're laughing at you. Here's a clip. Go ahead and play. Tract 1, the State Department. Anyway, welcome to the State Department. I think we have some interns in the back. Welcome. Uh, Good to see you in this uh, exercise and transparency and democracy. (laughs) Is that what it is? Sorry, I thought it was. I didn't mean to break I thought it was an exercise, of, an exercise in spin and obfuscation. All right, can you tell us my last briefing before vacation? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa! I don't know what an echo, echo, echo. Yeah. So, so how about that? How about how in your face, Joe? Is does that have to be? They're laughing at you. They're laughing at us. This is all. This is nothing is as it seems. It's it's all this false reality. Yeah, the transparency. My butt. There is no transparency. And if you're not angry at this, you're not you're, you're not paying attention. If if this isn't, I, I, you're just not paying attention. So this goes back to. Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, selling or giving, supporting, and, and Obama supporting ISIS, arming ISIS, to which the mainstream media said, oh, no, that's not really the case. And even some of the uh, conservatives saying, you know, Charles Crodhammer saying, oh, well, I, would, I'm not, I don't believe that to be the, that's a terrible impression, but, uh, or, or uh, I mean, pick a conservative on the Fox News to keep his seat at the table of the, uh, to, of relevance there. Uh, What's going on today? WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange uh, has released and confirmed information that Hillary sold weapons to ISIS as she was was serving uh, as Secretary of State inside the State Department. Also, the Political Insider reported in Obama's second term, the Secretary of State Clinton authorized the shipment of American-made arms to Qatar, a country beholden to the Muslim Brotherhood, and friendly to the Libyan rebels in an effort to topple the Libyan Gaddafi government and ship those arms to Syria in order to fund al-Qaeda to topple Assad in Syria. Clinton took the lead role in organizing the so-called Friends of Syria, al-Qaeda slash ISIS, to back the CIA-led insurgency for regime change in several countries in the Middle East. 
Uh, under oath, Hillary Clinton denied she knew about the weapons shipment in her 2013 public testimony in front of Congress about the Benghazi terror attacks. In an interview with Democracy Now!, WikiLeaks' Julian Assange is now stating that 1,700 emails contained in the Clinton cache directly connect Hillary Clinton to Libya, Syria, and the ISIS terrorists. Is that 1,700 or 17,000? Because well, the 1,700 contained Clinton cache directly gotcha, connecting okay. her to Libya and Syria. All right, and funding ISIS. So we've got so we, we and we see we told you this back in right after Benghazi, the attack at Benghazi happened. We told you that this operation they were funding and funneling weapons into Syria to topple Syria. This is a proxy war between the United States and Russia, and people said prove it. Well. How do you prove intelligence that is given? I mean, we we got this from an intelligence source, remember? And people said, oh, that's BS. Your sources are BS. Prove it. Well, now it's coming to pass. Three years later. Four years later. has a headline up, as well as many others do. Um, And this one has a special spin on it. The AP says... And uh, if you go... uh, Folks, if you go to the Associated Press website and just look at um, election news, they have a box with five stories in them. They're all about how bad Trump is. Trump says this. Trump manipulates facts to fit his agenda. Trump says or tries to blame uh, an Iranian nuclear scientist death on Clinton emails. Well, even the former head of Blackwater, Eric Prince, says Hillary Clinton very likely caused the deaths of the Iranian nuclear scientist. Uh, former Navy SEAL and Blackwater CEO Eric Prince addressed the controversy surrounding Obama's $400 million secret payment to Iran on Monday's edition of the Breitbart News, also on Sirius XM with host Stephen Bannon. And he went on to say, um, when you have the aircraft holding on deck in Iran, pilots their crew there, filled up everything waiting for the feed to arrive, the administration uh, of course, doesn't do it in dollars because that would be another violation of federal law, so they use euros and Swisses, once again paying Iran off for the American hostages. Then they go into other details about the treasure trove of information that was left out in the open on Hillary Clinton's private email server. And but part of this has to do we're with... We're still going through these, e- folks. We There's actually a keyword search function yes. you can use to yes. go through all the State Department emails that were publicly released so far. And WikiLeaks still say that they're holding, um, they're holding some in reserve. They are, but but we new info coming out. So as we go through these emails, uh, the we're, and we're going through every single one, and it's a little difficult. I find it a little bit cumbersome to go through these emails because a lot of them are. Um, well, you know how you, you you begin email threads, okay? Uh, so so some of these emails are. Um, part of larger threads and you've got to go back to the the source and then follow through as the discussion and the the um, uh, emails continue so we personally here at the hagman studio even have eric the tech going through as well and uh, of course my daughter is going through them we've got the dog the lady the studio dog she's got her paws all over them um of course a little help there but she's part of it go on well, they're linking a Iranian scientist execution, yes, to the information inside the Hillary Clinton emails. And um, folks, if you go to Breitbart, there's a lot of different websites that are reporting uh, this today. And 
I mean, we can talk about Clinton and what she's done and her Muslim Brotherhood connections, <sighs> as well as what Trump is doing, because they are both the head nominations for the Democrat and Republican Party in the upcoming election. And there's a lot of shenanigans going on with the media. One of the articles that I like, or I read today that I thought was good was, uh, Clinton versus Trump. No, it's the media versus America. Because you see how everything, I mean, they're trying to do everything they can to discredit Donald Trump and what he has been doing uh, in his nomination and to beat Hillary Clinton. They've been spinning that. Even Fox News continues to, to play the narrative that they're trying to remove Trump. The GOP is trying to remove Trump from uh, being the nominee and replace him with somebody else. And as I said in earlier shows, this is either the the best and well most well-played psyop in American history, which is trying to throw Trump to the wolves to make it look like they can't stand him from the media to the elite, actually wanting him to, to get the nomination, or they really do hate him this much. Well, I, I think that, the, again, the, the title of this program, it's not going to happen the way you think it is. Look at, like you said, look how look at how... Hillary is being portrayed in the media. Okay, mm-hmm. she's getting churches. Yes, black yes. pastors are breaking the law to get Hillary Clinton elected. Nearly a third of churchgoers say they've heard clergy support from the pulpit in the past few months for Hillary Clinton, which is illegal for churches to do with the 501c3 status. Right, and of course the 501c3 was established. And folks, you've got to, you've really got to know history. It was established by Lyndon Johnson in his uh, Senate run back in Texas in the 1949, I believe it was. But it was just to shut up the opponent, his opponent, because he was losing in the polls, and it was important for Johnson to get. So you've got to understand what the 501c3 restrictions are. But that said, yes, you've got the the uh, evangelical black Christian churches actually pumping or pimping for Clinton, Hillary. On the other hand, um, you've got this perception that Hillary is both fragile and frail and has, you know, the cough. Okay, no, 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 no. no. She has some medical issues. She's got a lot of medical issues. What they're doing is they're spinning this saying, uh, because there was a a photo on Drudge today, but the photo was not Recent, and when I say recent, it was from earlier this year. It was from February, I believe. Right, but but it's still relevant. But there is a pattern of um, something being wrong with her, from her coughing fits to her apparent right. seizures. Now, uh, there are articles out there saying that you know Trump and other media outlets are manipulating facts. They call it junk science and and manipulation to try to make it look like she has a mental problem, that she's unfit to be president. Now, you got to remember, she's almost 70 years old. I think she's 68. Watch it now. And she is not in good health. Well, but, but, but look, uh, uh, Trump is yeah, he's older. same age, yeah. roughly, uh, I think a year or two older. But, but, but okay, so you've got, but, but here's, here's but he how he give a speech without, you know, being interrupted right. with a look of terror or confusion or panic but, or seizure like, or coughing fits, or okay, you know all these other things we see. Well, but, but the, the the press right now, and, and this is why I believe the the appropriateness of the, of the title of tonight's show. You've got this Tavistockian mindset saying, "All right, Hillary Clinton unfit physically and perhaps mentally," using the words a "short circuit" when when talking about her brain. She said that. Yeah, yeah you, her words. Uh, be having to be helped up the stairs. Judy McLeod, candidate free press today. 
of course, has a uh, just a fantastic article, Secret Service Dragging Clinton Train Wreck Across the Finish Line. Of course, the same Secret Service agent and the same image that was on the um, uh, uh, cover of Drudge, the same black Secret Service agent assisting Hillary in this image up the stairs is the same Secret Service agent who had apparently had administered by way of a... Uh, uh, a, a pen-like uh, injection of diazepam or a benzo um, yeah. in, inhibitor. Uh, a, it's uh, an anti-seizure uh, diazepam well, pen for patients yeah. who experience recurrent seizures. Folks, right. if you go to the Gateway Pundit, there's there photos go. here, and the article starts off, in recent bizarre events on the campaign trail, a strange man was noticed at Hillary Clinton's side. And this man has not just recently come into the picture when dealing with Hillary Clinton, when she was released from the hospital in 2013 from her apparent blood clot, this man was in the front seat of the car, uh, as Bill Clinton was in the back, as well as Hillary was. So they have a history together, and we've heard about the disdain for Secret Service agents that she has. And, and Joe, I, I, you brought that the uh, blood clot up from the alleged fall. Okay, I want to just revisit this because we had spoken about this, and I'm not sure if we spoke about this publicly, but. We have information that that there was a hard landing that, that Hillary Clinton did not get her head injury from a fall at her home. It was from a hard landing where she hit her head on the top of the the, uh, the State Department jet as during a trip during the Iranian talks. I believe it might have been a trip to either either uh, Qatar or to uh, Tehran. Um, when she was out of the country. Now, why is that important? Because she is obviously, if our information is accurate, she was she was attempting to negotiate some sort of a uh, deal outside of the uh, the norm, outside of what the Congress and the people of America would would allow or would permit, uh, as it came to uh, Iran nuclear. Uh, nuclear uh, capabilities, but that's just keep that in the back of your mind because I think more is going to be coming out about that. So you've got the, the fragility of Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, and then of course you've got the same media questioning the mental and physical or mental uh, uh, um, capability or, or, or the mental health. Is Donald Trump is he okay to be? Can, can he lead? He, he's too impulsive. He's too, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he, 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 you know, he, he's unhinged. Well, well he's manipulating the facts what? for his own arguments. Right. It's, and it's, to the point where he's even cut off in telling the truth. And when we come back from this segment, we'll show a one-minute clip where he actually pinpoints the truth that Hillary Clinton uh, was behind this, the f- foundation and starting of ISIS. Yes. Where ABC literally cuts him off in the middle of a live speech puts their logo on it like they lost sound or something and you're, you folks you're going to be seeing more and more and I've been seeing more of this oh we've gotten mm-hmm. cut off oh uh, we lost uh, you know so and so and there's an article out of the Los Angeles Times that asks why are the rules of journalism being rewritten this election year and that's a very good question very good question very appropriate to the topic at yes. hand and and so, so all of this. So it's not going to go down. I believe. I don't believe it's going to. It's going to happen the way you think it's going to happen because everyone's looking for some sort of meteoric strike of something coming in and and being the cause. This this disaster. 
We're watching the disaster unfold. We're watching the orchestrated takedown of this country. You know, people want to know when the, like, they're expecting like a 2001 moment or a 2008 moment. No, it's death by a thousand cuts. It's, we are right now watching the takedown of this country. And I think it's so important to understand your, what you're expecting may not be what the reality is. And certainly the perception, Joe, you mentioned this, the, the, again, looking at Hillary Clinton, it, it, there's a very fine line between having, you know, feeling sorry for her and, and then questioning her physical ability to govern the nation. Same with Donald Trump. There's a fine line between him being outspoken, brash, and to the point, which is refreshing for Americans, and being a little unhinged. Oh, we can't have this guy. How would he deal with Putin? Do you think it could be another, you know, could he, could he, is he a Russian plant? Ah, oh, man. You say. Know. Yes. So it's all over the board. So Even perception is being, we're being gamed and perception is being manipulated. And you don't hear about the Communist Party supporting Hillary Clinton in the mainstream media. You oh, don't yeah. hear about the constant crime she's committed. And if we were going to put this in a court of law, you could use her past, all of her lies, her crimes, and her fragility, even. Yes. Now. Is this the kind of leader you want in this country? Yes. Folks, we'll be right back after this. Stay with us. We got a lot more to cover. Ah. Zika virus in Florida. Um, and JD's at ground zero yeah, there. Talk to him today. Yeah, you know, another knife attack. Another knife attack, this time in Belgium. Well, again in Belgium. Another knife attack. Machete attack. Wait, this guy, this guy was of Turkish origin. Okay, that's, um, that's Orwellian speak for, hey, the guy's a Muslim. But you know that the machete attack against the, uh, against the, uh, against the victims. Well, what what can we say about this? You know what? It sounds like mental illness to me. This is the new narrative now. It's mental illness. It's not. It's not. You know, the Alu Akbar and a machete attack, of course, in Germany against a pregnant woman and others. Now, Belgium. Uh, I believe this is the second one in Belgium. Happened over the weekend. Um, a machete wielding man spotted in the area. Well. Police detained the suspect who is said to be of, and I quote, Turkish origin. Huh. Yeah, Alua Akbar, I guess that is signs of a mental illness. You go on the sewage pit known as Democratic Underground. That's where all the communists and, and, uh, Fabian socialists and mentally, uh, mentally retarded, that's, that's the proper usage of that word, mentally retarded now, uh, morons go to commiserate with respect to the truth of course yeah sounds like mental illness now should we should we have a ban on machetes uh, is that what we need to do or or maybe we need to cast the net wider for people with mental illnesses because obviously there's a lot of mental illness around especially with people with machetes yeah going after and, and shouting alu akbar and of course 
the Pope now. The Pope's saying, wait a second, this is not a religious war. The Jesuit that he is, it's important to understand it because Jesuits know war. This is not a religious war. This is an economic one. And uh, he said that, of course, I'm paraphrasing it, and, of course, how things go. But, you know, as Trump sees it, well, can we get, can, can we possibly get, Joe, let me ask you this, can we possibly get a full, complete sentence out of Donald Trump, or at least the, at least the, 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 his, his idea of how things are going into the mainstream media before they unceremoniously pull the plug and say, oh, technical trouble, we lost them. Huh. You know, they've done this to many people. Go it's on. funny, we're talking about the Clinton, Hillary Clinton potential illness. And the media comes out and says, oh, they're, you know, this is junk science and you're spinning truth and spinning facts. And there's an interesting article on Fox News today, Revolt on the Right, uh, Commenters <laughs> Bash Trump that. in Psychiatric Terms. Yes. And it goes oh. through this laundry list of yeah. pundits from Charles Krauthammer to Billy Crystal of, uh, oh, you gotta uh, love him, right? To, to David Brooks in the New York Times saying he's showing, you know, uh, compulsions and you gotta have uh, his speech patterns are like something straight out of a psychiatric textbook, David Brooks says. And, you know, they continue uh, in this article to show how much that these people from the GOP hate Donald Trump. So much, though, they say when the... Uh, They're you know, what, what does the man. When the left criticizes them, it's not even half as bad as when the right criticizes them. And who needs liberals when your own side uh hates you so much. There you go. And and that may I add, you've got such hatred by the establishment Republicans who hate Donald Trump for for speaking the mind. See, Donald Trump is a, is is really kind of a wild card. He can't be corralled or hasn't been able to be corralled so far. Although and I was talking to JD this morning about this, our our creative evangelist this morning about this. I said you know what really disappointed me? And by the way, I did let let this be known to the Trump campaign. Not that they listened to me. I mean, <laughs> but I said, I was really disappointed that Trump had endorsed Paul Ryan. Really? Why would he do that? And J.D. said, did you see the way he endorsed Paul Ryan? And I said, yeah, I did. He said, that reminds me of when you talk about, and I'm not going to say what he said, okay? And I thought to myself, yeah, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's a method to his particular madness on this one. I don't know. Maybe he was, I'm not going to second guess him, but th- th- I was disappointed when he, dis- when, when he, when he, uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I thought, man, that, that was not good, but, but what about ABC cutting off Donald Trump just when it began getting good? What do you think? Let's cue up clip number three, ABC, from Sunday, I believe it is. You see what's happening with the police. You see what's happening with, take a look at Orlando. Take a look at San Bernardino. Take a look at the World Trade Center. Take a look at what's going on, and then worldwide, and we let ISIS take this position. It was Hillary Clinton that she should get an award from them as the founder of ISIS. That's what it
Then on television this weekend, Hillary Clinton, in asking, she's asked a pretty simple question. Anybody could have answered it. And she lied. Now, folks, all right, folks, if you really want to get the full uh, visual on that, you're going to have to go to YouTube to find Trump cut off by ABC because it's really something. Um, he's in the middle of saying Hillary Clinton needs an award from ISIS for starting ISIS. And as soon as he's done saying that, this ABC logo with their, you know, interruption music comes across the stream or screen. And then the picture comes back about 10 seconds before the audio does. And you see, um, the crowd sitting there cheering. Well, this is happening much more frequently. It's not only happening on ABC, it's happening on, uh, even on CNN. And there's a good in- video or a good article on InfoWars about this. Um, and this shows the video also. ABC cuts live stream when Trump starts talking about Hillary Clinton's support for ISIS. And then it points out other examples where this has happened in the past. And, um, if you go on to the last month, the CNN reporter, uh, Mrs. Keller began talking about Hillary Clinton's support for anti-crime legislation in the 90s, which contributed to the mass incarceration of black people, and then the videos immediately cut. This is part of a pattern. People getting cut off in the middle of talking. You know, we've seen it when people mention the words Jesus Christ on the news. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, so, th- th- this, t- this ties right in. I mean, this Joe, this ties right in with the fact that even CNN had a report that ISIS had captured a cachet of weaponry um, in, in Afghanistan, in, in the uh, 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 Nangarhar district of Afghanistan, I believe it was. And, and th- th- there were photos distributed by ISIS, their media outlet, depicting loads of ammunition, fabric packs, and possibly a shoulder-fired ro- uh, rocket launcher. Uh, of the type used by U.S. forces. And, of course, CNN said, well, we're not sure. The, the, the Pentagon said, well, you know, I, we don't think it was ours. We don't know if it was ours. You know, meanwhile, uh, Made in the USA stamped right on it. And, of course, you know, the the, uh, um, the yellow or the, the blue dot, like that was used in William Kennedy Smith, uh, moving over that uh, to try to hide that, blocking that Made in the USA, uh, so to keep the Pentagon, uh, you know, uh, uh, clear. But the fact of the matter is, Arming ISIS. When when we left Afghanistan, we left the keys in the ignition of the Humvees. We left the loaded rocket launchers for them, and we left the ammunition. Mm-hmm. And, and they're lying about it. And you saw the clip from earlier. If you want to recue that clip, clip one from uh, uh, the State Department. If you want to do that, Eric the Tech. And folks, watch this again. For those just joining the program, watch this. And if you're not insulted by this, if you're not angered by this. You're not paying attention. This is what they think of you. This is what they think of us. This is the new normal here. Go ahead and and play clip one. Anyway, welcome to the State Department. I think we have some interns in the back. Welcome. Uh, Good to see you in this uh, exercise and transparency and democracy. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it is? 
Sorry, I, thought it was I, didn't mean, a, I didn't mean to break I thought it was an exercise, of, an exercise <laughs> in spin and obfuscation. <laughs> All right. Can you tell us my last briefing before vacation? Yeah. <laughs> In my estimation, in my personal opinion, I should say, there's not enough rope, not enough trees. You fill in the rest. Because they're laughing at you, they're laughing at us. Joe, we've armed ISIS. When I say we, the government, the, the this regime armed ISIS. They created ISIS. And, and here we are. And, and, and they're laughing, saying, oh, yeah, this is a... You know, this is a really big transparency thing, uh, and laughing at you. Yeah, and we uh, mentioned a, a Los Angeles Times piece. This you can find this on the New American about a journalist named Justin uh, Rimondo, who writes that to fight Trump, journalists have dispensed with objectivity. And then he asks, why are the rules of journalism being rewritten this election year? And he gives examples of how the media present out of context Trump statements. Um, to cover up things that are true. Um, and then they, they go back and give examples, even showing outright collusion between the media and the Democratic operatives from DNC emails published by WikiLeaks revealing the stunning level of collaboration between important media outlets and the Democrats. Former DNC chairwoman Debbie Washerman Schultz sought to silence NBC's Mika Brzezinski who had found fault with the DNC's role in the primaries. The emails have headlines like, This must stop. Incredibly, NBC's Chuck Todd agreed to act as a go-between, even arranging a call between Washerman Schultz and Brzezinski, which raises the question, Why was a major media figure taking his marching orders from the Democratic Party chair, and how did this affect the network's coverage of the Trump campaign? And it goes on to give examples of uh, how media rules aren't being rewritten. Written long ago, they're more devoutly embraced with each seceding media uh, degeneration. And they go and give examples from uh, Dan Rather's career ended when it was discovered, discovered he peddled forged documents purporting to show George uh, W. Bush had uh, got out of his duties at the Texas Air National Guard. Uh, there was... Um, in 2010, a journalist scandal involving online meeting place in which journalists would conspire to slant the news that proved not all media was biased and unintended, all media bias was unintentional. It talks about the statistics from the media gradually report stories of police shootings of, of black criminal suspects despite the occurrences having declined 75% in the last decades, last two decades, while the police not only shoot more white people according to studies um, but such these events are, are being uh, widely publicized leading to the illusion that blacks are under an assault and creating racial unrest they go on to talk about in 2012 how heavily Dr. George Zimmerman 911 calls um, were described as malicious they did a cut and paste job to make him appear bigoted and these are just a few examples of everyday media bias and the, what i would point out is the Trump, uh, his wife, and the immigration stuff they're talking about. Like she, uh, her her illegal status is some some kind of major breach of U.S. law when they're literally shipping them in, flying immigrants in. 
and giving amnesty to all of them. There is no more illegal immigration because the Border Patrol is told not to enforce it. ICE was told to stand down. Obama has rewritten the immigration laws. He lost the case to the Supreme Court, and he's trying to go back and ask them to read, uh, do another uh, ruling on it in his favor instead of not in his favor. You know, but she's an immigrant. Oh, my gosh. You know, he's a criminal. It's just this constant media spin uh, from taking what Trump said out of context. But then you have the Center for... Uh, was the Center for Medical Progress, you know, their journalism was stopped by Planned Parenthood because they say they edited videos when they didn't edit any videos. And this that's is a not constant media assault on the American people on an everyday basis. And, and th- th- I just want to jump in here about that. The Center for Medical Progress, you know, it, it, it just, it just really gnaws at me. I mean, it, 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 it you talk about, uh, it just burns my chops. When you've got, uh, self-professed Christians taking the task, the Center for Medical Progress, because they went undercover and, um, uh, to, to uncover this mass slaughter, this baby parts selling, uh, enterprise by Planned Parenthood, the wholesale slaughter of babies. And you've got a couple of people that, uh, a couple of Christians out there or a handful or or maybe it's more than a handful I don't know but are taking issue with the with the methods the operational tactics of the Center for uh Medical Progress because oh Christians shouldn't do that if you were a Christian you wouldn't go undercover misrepresent yourself is that I mean does that make sense to any rational human being out there is there any way to logically understand uh, or logically uh uh to, to, to in your mind, are, are you able as a Christian to to look at the situation? You've got mass slaughter from Planned Parenthood, the selling of body parts, being exposed to the public at large, and it's bad enough that the mainstream media they, they misrepresent and, and tank everything to the point they're even photoshopping Hillary Clinton rallies. There, well, there you One, go. Yes, there's a, a media photoshops crowd image for Hillary Clinton in St. Petersburg, Florida speech, and it says, uh, "Remember the discussion of optics and trying to manufacture the perception of support for Hillary Clinton." Yes, it's all a pretense, a fraud, a corporate media ruse. There was a great example today from the Hill, an online media outlet, uh, promoting the speech of candidate Clinton that she held in Florida. The problem is the photo was 100% photoshopped, assembled by multiple rally crowd pictures to give the impression of Hillary Clinton in St. Petersburg. And uh, she held a rally at the St. Pete Coliseum in downtown St. Petersburg on 4th Avenue in in Florida, and the Coliseum venue holds approximately 4,000 people. She didn't even come close to filling it. They put up fences and gates, and there's footage a couple hundred people showed up at the door in St. Petersburg, Florida, when the uh, seating held in excess of 4,000 people. But the media in the land of make-believe had to manufacture and make it look like there was, you know, a 1,000 people there. While, on the other hand, you have Donald Trump gathering, you know, six, 7,000 people to events and fire marshals stepping in and shutting them down at, at 1,000 people. And he's filling stadiums. She can't even fill high school gymnasiums. But that's not stopping the media from, you know, photoshopping these things. And, and as 
journalists, they should be honest. I mean, is it come to the point where each and every um, photo or video of something that happens is now has to come into question? Is it some kind of computer-generated effect, or is it some kind of Hollywood production that's being sold to us instead of the truth of what happened? Because that line of, of reality and perception, uh, reality, perception, and uh, Hollywood-like fakeness has been blurred so much that we really can't tell the difference, not from a TV screen, not from a computer screen, not unless you're there in real life. Will you be able to see it with your own eyes? And at that point, yes. you don't believe any of what you hear and only half of what you see. And you can watch, and one of the best places I believe to watch this take place in real time is on the social networking feed, Twitter. Uh, if, you, if you're on the right feed, for example, and, and you see Hillary, Diane Rodimowicz Clinton giving a speech, you can you can uh, pick up some of the images from Twitter. What is that that uh, add-on to Twitter? Is it Instagram or what, the, the picture part of that? I, I don't know, but it's on Instagram's used a lot. Right. Um, but, image something. Image yeah, but you, you can tell. You can tell. For example, the media is actually compensating for the lack of of people uh, at the Clinton rallies, as you say. So this is the new reality. And again, going back to the topic or the the name of this broadcast, it's not going to happen the way you think. We have turned. We are already. And this is my belief, Joe, and, and feel free to comment on this, but I believe we have already turned the corner and we are a third world nation, a banana republic under the, the, um, Mac Daddy, words that hold significance as stated by, uh, Reverend James David Manning, the Mac Daddy of them all, Barry Satoro, or Barack Hussein Obama II. And, as we come back in the next segment, we're going to take a closer look at something because I think this is extremely important. I don't know how many people have read uh, Hillary Diane Rodham, which Clinton's uh, senior thesis from May 2nd, 1969, uh, about Saul Alinsky. That answers a lot of questions as to what her intent would be if she's installed. But here's here's the issue as I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the media massaging the facts. We're looking at this together. He's, uh, Joe's seeing, um, doing a lot of research and seeing a lot of things that are taking place that are very disconcerting. I'm looking at it and saying, wait a minute, everything is everything is wrong here. But when you take a step back and look at the entirety of this, uh, You've got two presidential candidates hated by many, both of them hated. You've got Hillary hated for usurping Sanders, stealing, stealing the uh, nomination from Sanders. And you've got then hated for a number of other things, other things on the, on the uh, left. But you also have Hillary despised from people on the right. And then you've got Donald Trump in the same boat, but for different reasons. Hated, really hated on by the left for obvious reasons, but hated even almost equally by the neocons established uh, establishment Republicans and their pundits, their bootlicking pundits. You know, Billy Crystal for crying out loud! I, I look at that guy, and he, and he's about a quart low of testosterone. Okay. Um, and if, 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 wow, don't get me started there, but, but, um, so you've got two candidates who are 
despised by elements, by, by groups on both sides of the aisle. And now the mainstream media painting both as not just fragile, but potentially uh, incompetent and painting the picture that maybe, maybe neither one will be running, could could be running, could fulfill. So what does that mean? Does it mean that there could be a change, a last-minute change in the scorecard? Has it ever happened before? And if so, what were the circumstances? Could it be that we could have one or both drop out? I don't think that's the case with Trump. Hillary, I'm not so sure. But I don't think that's the case with Trump. I, I think I think Trump faces a danger much more severe and nefarious in nature from outside forces. Whereas Hillary, the, the, those are from her own doing, and I think that I think there are legitimate physical and mental issues on her side that the left, progressive left, and the communists are going to try to cover up. And if they can't, certainly replace her. Or maybe this will be Obama's third term. Do you see what he said about um, being forced out? No. Uh, I'm not quitting. I'm being forced out. Well, of course. said. Yeah, it's called something called the Constitution. (laughs) I don't know if you have got a copy there, Barry, but, you know. Well, he was asked about the future of his golf game by the Golf Channel's David Faraday in an interview that took place just before he played his 300 game. Yeah, of golf 300 as games. I haven't played 300 games. I mean, you could three. Are you serious? 300 games of golf? Okay. It's Eric the Tech is speaking. Can you hear? It's once every nine or ten days for a golf game. See, Greg Jackson has a theory about this. He doesn't think he's played really playing golf. But what's he doing? Is he with Reggie Love? We're gonna have to ask him when when he comes on. Doing the doing the tango or what? And Obama uh, just before playing his 300th game of golf said, "I'm not a hack. Uh, I'm not a hack. I'm not quitting my job." He explained. Well, Actually, you are quitting your job. Faraday uh, Faraday pointed out. Well, then I may get good. Obama replied, grinning. Before adding, "I'm being forced out. I didn't quit." Now, my question is: Is this going to be before or after the red wedding? Oh, you didn't hear about that, folks? Come on. Sure you did. National uh, Press Club dinner, his last one, making reference to a, a red wedding. Everybody dropped the mic. Yeah. Then, then he, what did he do? He went like this mm-hmm. with the mic? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. If, if people can't see what's happening here, the, the in-your-face, just like we played the clip from uh, the State Department, in-your-face, we're laughing at you, we're not laughing with you, but we're laughing at you. Obama saying, you know, hey, we, now's the time for the Red Wedding, a paraphrasing, of course, but the reference, of course, is to the, the mass slaughter of not just, the mass slaughter, period, a mass slaughter. Uh, as referenced by the wet red wedding, and then you've got uh, uh, the the obscure oblique references. I shouldn't say obscure, but the oblique references to staying on. Yeah, if it wasn't for that pesky constitution, and and notice notice how he's even become more verbose and uh, um, in your face of late. By the way, I like this. I like this. You guys get into this music? I mean, this to me, see, this is a creation of Eric the Tech 
with the creative evangelical assistance of JD and of course I don't know it's just nice isn't it it's a way to kind of makes you want to get your groove on <laughs> get your groove on what am I saying when we come back more hey what about what about May 2nd 1969 there's only the fight an analysis of the Alinsky model by Hillary Diane Rodham the witch Clinton stay with us 39 You know, it's not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. That means the takedown of the United States. I don't believe you're going to see one event that's going to be, people are going to say, well, this, on this day at this time, um, it was, it was the day when everything turned. No, I don't believe that. I believe that we're seeing, and Joe, Joe and I were talking about this pre-show in, in the lineup and the, in the research for the show, that we are seeing everything take place right now, maybe a little bit behind schedule by the globalist time clock, but certainly, um, ahead of schedule by those who are not paying attention, and that's the way it is. People are not paying attention. People are looking for that big event, that hinge moment in time, that that Pearl Harbor moment, that 9-11, that 2008 bank takedown holiday where nothing works, and bam, it's going to hit us like uh, like like the angry stepfather hits the redheaded stepchild behind the, you know, uh, upside the head. And we are missing the the issues. We're missing the takedown, the incremental takedown. And I think that's what people have to take a look at more so than waiting for that one moment in time. Because, and I'm just going to hit this very quickly, when you look at Rodham, Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, when you look at her senior thesis, which was written, published on, was I'm sorry, was published on May 2nd, 1969, titled There's Only the Fight and Analysis of the Alinsky Model. You look at that, you read that, 92 pages, I might add, which she, of course, had to, uh, uh, had to give a dissertation and, of course, had to defend. It's interesting because she writes the conclusion, in her conclusion, which gives the foundation for, lays the groundwork for what we're talking about tonight. She writes this. If the ideals Alinsky espouses were actualized, the the result would be social revolution. Now, we're seeing the tenets, the beliefs, the ideology of Saul Alinsky. The, uh, that Saul Alinsky, if you don't know who Saul Alinsky is, in play, not by just Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, but by Obama and by every person surrounding themselves with Obama, with Clinton, with the progressives, with the Fabian socialists. This is the platform of the communists. This is the platform of the Fabian socialists, the Marxists. And folks, the distinction is minimal. It, it, it may appear when you talk about socialism, communism, and the different different factions thereof, uh, you, you might get you get a wash in the minutia, but at the end of the day, what we're seeing is this ultimate takedown of a, of our republic by the powers that are in office that we have instilled, and people are so, uh, uh, in my view anyway, they are so well fatigued. I suppose would be a good word. Fatigued 
all the headlines. Like, I just have to, I, I, how many times have you heard in the last couple of months, I just had to turn off the news. I just had to turn the sound off. People are doing that. People are fatigued by the headlines. People are fatigued by the, quote, doom porn, end quote, that's, uh, that is prevalent on the, on the radio. People are, are tired. They don't want to hear this anymore. And, and, and in a large part, I agree because I have to, whether it's five in the morning or five in the evening, I have to take my dog for a walk and we have to have a talk. At least she understands and she listens. And sometimes she makes more sense than the average, uh, two-legged person out there with, with her actions. But, but you see, when you look at the Alinsky model, when you look at the Fabian socialist model, what Joe is going to bring out next here is the physical manifestation of the Alinsky model. It's the physical manifestation. It's the actual operational implementation of the Cloward Piven strategy. It is the actual operational implementation of the dream of the Fabian socialists. It is the George Orwell on steroids platform. It is all of this combined. So why mess it up with something unnecessary, um, some unnecessary uh, huge kind of event when everything is working fine and people are people are looking away, not paying attention because they're not. I mean, they're they're looking for this big blast in the sky, this big blinding white light that's going to take everything out when the lights in the room of the mansion that is Earth are being turned out one at a time. And people aren't looking at it. They're just saying, when's the big one coming? Missing all the the little ones that add up to the big one. So some of the things, because it ain't going to happen the way you think it's going to happen, in my view, in our view, perhaps, but it's not. So let's let's get into some of the some of the cracks in the foundation that we're seeing that speak to the manner in which the takedown will occur. Well, we talked about the um, number of people in the Republican and GOP party who are against Donald Trump. Um, they're now saying that Condoleezza Rice and Henry Kissinger, uh, Clinton's trying to get them on on her side, and you have these these other acts that are going on from the manipulation uh, in the media the mass manipulation in all avenues of the mainstream media that are um, propping up Hillary Clinton and tearing down Trump when the opposite is actually true uh, in terms of crowd size and number of people who are interested. You know, Trump got the most primary votes in 20, 30 years, uh, and the support for Hillary is not there. Now you have violence starting all over the place. Um, woman's home was vandalized because of Trump signs. This is an article out of uh, Dallas Fort Worth CBS. It's not just Donald Trump himself. Uh, I think the woman did the vandalizing. It was a guy that it was an older well, man who was almost run over, right? Well, there's multiple reports of this. You have um, two separate. Yeah, uh, that's instances. right. That's right. Um, Hillary supporters burned down a, a giant Trump sign, and Trump actually turns around and calls the people who burned his sign down. Then you have uh, a separately a home. Um, it says Donald Trump himself. It's not only him who can spark controversy. A McKinley homeowner learned even the campaign signs for Republican nominee can turn a quiet neighborhood into a political hotbed. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, homeowner, homeowner said she it's crazy. never planned for her yard to look the way it does with giant Trump signs. Even on her roof, she says she started with a couple of small signs, but after repeated vandalism. 
uh, this was her answer, and she just went and continued to gather more signs and and yep. you know show people that she wasn't backing down. But it got to the point where police had to have been contacted multiple times about complaints of vandalism. Um, they also got involved Saturday when protesters showed up with signs mocking some of Donald Trump's statements from the campaign. <laughs> Neighbors came to the house and started protesting this woman who had Trump signs in her yard. A Trump voter was shot after a political debate turned violent. An Ohio man was accused of shooting another man in the leg over a fight of presidential politics right. last month that has turned himself into police. I mean, what is making these people go... Brother against the, brother. To the, to the violence, the Neighbor level of violence him. that we're seeing. You know, yeah. we were talking about just a few weeks ago, you know, a racial war breaking out in this country, but it seems like that they're focusing their efforts back on a civil war. They're, 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 they're amping their efforts up, uh, folks. They're, they're, the, the, and Joe, you bring this out. We, we brought this out prior to the 2012 reelection of Obama. The, um, I, I think I wrote an article from my DHS insider. The uh, uh, planned, uh, I can't remember the title of it, but but it had to do with the uh, the planned reelection of Obama and how he was going to in, ensure his reelection, uh, but using the the tactics of uh, civil division division among uh, among the people and cause a civil war. And I believe he's doing that now. I, I think that something happened back in 2012 where he, he was guaranteed of, of a return to, to the Oval Office. So now now that he's leaving, it's kind of like a scorched earth thing where, um, hey, I'm, I'm leaving or ostensibly leaving. So let's pull out all the stops and let them be neighbor versus neighbor, brother versus brother. And let's exacerbate the, the already uh, uh, dry tinder here and, and let's make it even drier and let's throw some sparks on it because this is what we're seeing. Yes, you're gone. I mean, what they perfect. what they've done, you know, the, the social justice warriors, they've even made it to the point where, you know, you, these people are quote unquote triggered by opposing political speech. It doesn't even have to be racially motivated, politically motivated, just the name of the candidate sparks madness in people for some reason. Um and is this a a um uh, is this an effect of of you know, being babied too much in this generation, you know, where they've taken the parents out and, you know, you can't discipline your kids like you used to. You can't uh, step in and, and correct them without, you know, being called, having children's services called on you by the school. And I'm not talking about beating your kids. I'm talking about disciplining them in, in a manner you see fit that's not unhealthy. Uh, at the same time, you know, lets them understand what right and wrong is. And remember Melissa Harris Perry, we have to get to the idea where children are not our own, they're they're the community's children. I mean what is the what has brought on the snowflake generation as they call it? Melissa Harris Perry, I just you just caused me to twitch again. I'm t- I'm twitching. Because uh, yes, the poster child for the communist mindset the poster child for the, in my view anyway, for the uh, uh, mentally and intellectually hobbled progressive left. When I say progressive, you know what? That's not even the right thing to say. The 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 uh, correct thing to say. It, it's uh, the poster child for the, the the communist mindset. Melissa Harris Perry. The um, uh, wow, 
I, I, I but yes, you know, the snowflake generation, the, the, the generation of wusses. But yet we have more, we have just as many wusses in the, um, um, baby boomer generation, I, I do suspect. Especially when it comes to politics, especially when it comes to being intimidated. See, the intimidation factor out there by the media, and, and, and this is how the 3% can, 3% of the homosexual sodomites can control the 97% of the normal heterosexual f- functioning people. Alright? Now, I, I'm a, I'm a white heterosexual male and proud of it. That's gone. People say, "Oh, you're you're a you're a racist, and you're a homophobe." I'm, in fact, let me go one step further. I'm a white male, gun-toting, Second Amendment, pro-Second Amendment, pro-life, heterosexual. I'm trying to think what else I could throw in there. Any ideas? Oh, oh that was uncalled for, Eric. He didn't just say that. But, 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 you know, pe- people refuse to stand up these days and say, this is what I stand for. <sighs> All right. And you got uh, people out there saying, you know, the media protects Clinton with the biggest, most secure bubble I have ever seen. And with stories like this coming out, she needs a, a huge bubble of protection. Hillary's private meetings with Muslim Brotherhood officials secretly revealed it has become widely known that Huma Abedin is connected directly to the Muslim Brotherhood. As it turns out, she has been secretly recording meetings with Hillary Clinton, and some of the videos have been intercepted by anonymous black hat hackers, one of which is the founder of WikiLeaks, Julian Assange. He's been announcing for weeks that these leaks are coming soon. He foretells that the next leak will be big enough evidence to convict Hillary Clinton of treason, and it looks like he might be right, according to TeaParty.org. They're going to say that we've been able to confirm the substance of the leaks will be evidence of a vast conspiracy within our government. It appears that Huma Abedin secretly recorded Clinton giving names of everyone involved in this conspiracy to subvert our nation. You've given plenty of history on Huma Abedin. Well, it's even worse than that. I just want to add this in here. Did you know Omar Mateen, the shooter in Orlando, did you know when when Haney, when Philip uh, Haney, the uh, DHS guy, was being interviewed on CBN, did you know that, that um, because of the Muslim Brotherhood, because of um, what the administ well the, this regime made Haney do and that's to expunge records of the Muslim to the Muslim Brotherhood. Did you know that um, the Justice Department redacted all of the shooter Omar Mateen's references to Islam and ISIS from a transcript of his nine one one call? But but he but and we, we, we know that. But he, here's a, Haney discovered that right after the shooting that the Fort Pierce, Florida mosque Mateen attended. Now this is important. Had ties to uh, to the uh, uh, Tablighi Jamaat case that the Obama Clinton State Department shut down in 2012. If Haney's information had not been eliminated, the Orlando massacre might have been prevented. What we're saying here is this goes far beyond the 
uh, oh, well, we should, you know, we have to be tolerant and all of this. No, no, this goes into the tactics and operational uh, effectiveness of the police department, as it should be. Now, I'm not talking about the overreaching uh, aspects by the FBI and CIA and, and NSA. I'm talking about normal police work. And because of that, this happened. Okay, H- had this stuff, had, what's that? What are you pointing at there? Okay, what I'm pointing at is uh, earlier in the program I referenced the uh, former DHS officer Philip Heaney gave an insider's perspective to uh, um, in an interview, and he in fact he wrote a book uh, that that just was published. But what he said was this: uh, he, he was asked to modify all of the links to the Muslim Brotherhood in the instruction manuals by mm-hmm. of DHS and, and such. But what happened was. They didn't just modify the information in the records. They completely expunged, eliminated them out of existence, erased them forever. And part of the erasure included the operational ties between the Muslim Brotherhood and the mosque that was attended by Omar Mateen. Now, had they left that in there, it is very possible that the police could have had a heads up to that shooting. But you're not going to hear this by Melissa Harris Perry. No, you're not going to hear that. Well, they did have a heads up to that shooting, just not in the manner that you're speaking of. And that's right. what, that has come out since. Um, back to this TeaParty.org about Huma Abedin and leaked Muslim Brotherhood information. Um, this TeaParty.org article goes on to say the video was secretly recorded for the Saudi royals by Huma Abedin and intercepted by Anonymous while she was transferring them via a well-known file-sharing site. She was confronted about the videos and agreed to give the anonymous hacker information about the DNC from a DNC insider if she would agree not to be exposed herself. This article says the insider she introduced him to was none other than Seth Rich, a DNC employee who was recently found murdered in July. Although Clinton and her gang tried to stop Seth from leaking any incriminating evidence, it was too late. The emails were turned over... uh, they turned over the DNC emails that were leaked recently, and the hacker immediately gave them to WikiLeaks along with the interception videos. The evidence of that is yet to be seen, but this article says that the videos are scheduled to be released on Saturday, August 6th by WikiLeaks. That day has came and gone. Don't know if uh, we're going to see those, but the emails have come out, and lots of emails that have come out. We've covered a few of those here on the show, some of which WikiLeaks confirms Hillary sold weapons to ISIS. The uh, Iranian scientist um, and this, you know... Oh, the Iranian scientist thing is a big deal. Discussed, executed Iranian scientist on email. That's a big deal. Hillary Clinton recklessly discussed in emails hosted on her private server an Iranian nuclear scientist who was executed by Iran for treason. Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas said Sunday... uh, it goes on to say, I'm not going to comment on what he may or may not have done for the United States government, but in the emails that were on Hillary Clinton's private server, there were conversations among her senior advisors about this gentleman. He said on Face the Nation, Cotton was speaking about a Mr. Amar Amiri, who gave information to the U.S. about Iran's nuclear program. The senior said this lapse proves she is not capable of keeping this country safe. And that would go to what we talked about uh, the charges of, of treason for what she did with her private email server, letting classified information flow freely in a private, unprotected server outside of the State Department's records that led 
and verifiably led to the death of a nuclear scientist who was giving the United States information who was sent back to Iran knowing what this knowing what would happen Iran confirmed on Sunday that Amiri had been hanged for treason he was convicted of spying charges in a death sentence case that was upheld on appeal according to the Associated Press the person who had access to the country's secret and classified information had been linked to our hostile and number one enemy America the great Satan the great Satan he provided the enemy with vital and secret information of the country that was from the Iranian press uh, and there was a lot of talk about you know his family was back and left back in Iran and they talked about this over the, the email server and it just shows the kind of person that we will get if I mean Hillary Clinton becomes president and the kind of person is not only I would say mentally unstable the Communist Party proudly endorses her for president as the Communist Party has united behind Hillary uh, new articles from today have come out to say that the Communist Party USA may not control many actual votes but the support and the support behind with enthusiasm the, the uh, candidate they support is Hillary Clinton and they've came out and publicly endorsed Hillary Clinton Larry Nichols who's been on this show in the past said one of the first times he met Bill and Hillary Clinton she was wearing a Communist Party USA medal around her neck and that was how many years ago decades ago right yep we know the uh, it came out also in these WikiLeaks emails about the one-fifth of the United States uranium being sold to Russia in exchange for a $145 million Clinton Foundation donation that was made in an agreement that is in the emails that have been given by the WikiLeaks uh, releases. But even though the media is saying Trump is a, you know, could Trump be a Russian double agent, the Manchurian candidate? And this ties back to the Bundy Ranch. And we've talked about that at length in the past. Yep. Which me, leads me to, to wonder, are we better off? <laughs> Would have we been better off with Bernie Sanders running against Donald Trump? Because there, at least he admitted he was a socialist. Hillary Clinton won't even admit she's a communist or a Satanist. Or a witch, but she is. Well, and it's something all of the above, yeah. That's not going away. And another thing that's not yeah. going away is don't expect any truth from poll numbers. Oh, yes. You talk you talk about Georgia. Georgia. Oh, in a state that hasn't had has not been a red state for I forget what since 1980 or 79. It's they say she has like a 7 or 8-point lead. Yeah. There's no way. And it, I mean in these polls that she took a 10-15% jump after the convention. But if you look at the actual you're not events, find any, any truth in any and you look place. at the the attendance, a number of attendees at the political events, Trump is literally pulling in thousands to tens of thousands of people a day per event. She can't even get 500 people to an event. You know, she has one speaking engagement. The next one is on October 19th. There's no other rally scheduled till then. You all right? <laughs> That's two months away. In case you didn't catch that Eric hiccup. Loudly. 
Yes. Almost out of his chair. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. I mean, it's okay. just a complete manipulation. The bubble that she is being protected in is not only one of the party bubble, it's the Republican, both party bubbles, and a media bubble. Well, th- th- that's it. We're, we're being we're being gamed, and this is nothing new, but I think it's becoming more overt to people who are paying attention. And, and folks, uh, look, th- we, I, I guess the takeaway from this, all of this, is that we, we have to understand um, just how effective this this media programming is, how effective this stuff from the Tavistock is, that this Madison Avenue sales job on us is. Um, if you ask, it's, it's, it seems to be split along or separated along demographic lines, too. More people who watch Fox News or MSNBC, depending on your bias politically, you know you're being lied to at every turn, or at least many turns. Even the talk show hosts, uh, mainstream, I, I think, are, are putting out a lot of a lot of disinformation and misinformation. You look at the poll numbers, as Joe said, there's just no way. Now, my, my question, our question, I suppose, to all of you is, what happens on that day in November when suddenly... Hillary Clinton walks away with the, d- d- despite despite numbers to the contrary, Hillary Clinton walks away with the election. Can that happen? Is it possible? Of course. Is it probable? I don't know. But could there something? Could there something? Could something else happen between now and November, that day in November, to change the landscape, political landscape of what's what's taking place? I do. I do believe that there could be. I fear and pray for the safety of Donald Trump. I I, I marvel at the obfuscation, the criminal of the criminality um, of the Clinton cabal. I still don't get Joe. I, you know what? I still don't get the people who who fail to acknowledge the criminality of the Clintons. And this is this is not just mere this is treasonous behavior, whether it's Benghazi or fast and I mean, all of this it's it's horrible. Do you see that two uh family members, two separate family members? Uh, yes. Parents of Benghazi visit their victims are coming out and suing Hillary Clinton civilly. And as well they should. And by the way, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. But you know what? New York City had, or New York had a gun, New York City, I'm sorry, had a gun buyback program, 165 guns. Folks, we're going to start a gun buyback program here at the Hagman Hagman Studios. That's right. We're going to, we're going to be issuing, um, bank cards, $25 bank card for your rifles and shotguns. No questions asked. Line up now because we're going to do it. Just bring your firearms here. That's right. We're going to do it. What do you think? Two up to $200 for an assault rifle. Huh? Yeah. All right. Going to be right back. You just stay right in that chair. Right there. We're going to be coming right back.
Yes, well, I'm proud to be a white male of Western European origin, pro-life, pro-Bible, pro-Second Amendment, anti-LGBT, anti-homosexual sodomite, pro-nationalist. I'm trying to think what else. I'm sure there's much more. But, you know, we need, in America today, we need to to be, if we're Christian, I I truly believe we need to stand up and say, you know, I am a Christian, I'm proud of it, and you're not going to bully me. You're not going to quiet me, make me be quiet. You're not going to use my religion against me. You're not going to use my goodwill against me and we are going to stand up and make a difference because if we don't make a difference today are we going to leave it to our sons and daughters is that what your plan is are, are we going to just say well we can't nah, you know we, we have to be more tolerant I'm anti-tolerance by the way I think tolerance has given us seriously. I, you know, I think I believe tolerance. We, we've been, we've been, just like everything. There's a line. Well, you know that, what? And obviously, we're not to tolerate any evil. We're not that's to tolerate. Right. But 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 what things. is what is Sharia, for example, except evil? What is Islam? Well, anything that. Puts Except aside your even, faith in, in Jesus and tries to make you submit to something else. Well, evil. well, there it is. You've got the 3% bullying the 97%. You've got, I'm talking about homosexuals now. You've got the, the lie of judicial supremacy. You've got the abortion, the murder mills out there just flouting the, 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 the law saying, well, we're gonna, <clears throat> We are going to sell baby parts, and there's nothing you can do about it. And if you do, well, you're anti-woman. My body, my choice, right? Haven't we been? Haven't we been just being slammed with that? By the way, that's wrong, Eric. The time on that's wrong. Nothing like embarrassing Eric on there. Actually, he's not embarrassed. He's just thanks, man. We, this is this is how this is how good we are. <clears throat> I actually need to see the time, not not the time real time. Although we do have the real time, and then on the right we've got a prompt that says, "Okay, stop talking at this time." And then the, if it was any simpler, it'd be written in Quran. Okay, but thank you, Eric. Eric the Tech. It even has a uh, it's a it's white numbers with a black backdrop with big red flashing signs like you see on Drudge sometimes with the headline. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should set your watch to it. We'll get you one of those beeping watches. The the only other step would be to duct tape. I mean it would be come over, you know, Eric we have a bullhorn <clears throat> button. It, it, it may it may come to that. Mm-hmm. But th- thanks for joining us and thanks for hanging with us. I, I just want to say we are so proud to be able to bring you the information that we do bring you. <clears throat> And I think, I think all of this together, we 
together. We, we and I and I mentioned this to Russ this weekend. Russ and Russ Dizdar and I, in case you're just joining us, we had, we had a great conversation. We had a long, long meeting. We, we we did some things together this weekend, and and uh, I am so amazed, constantly amazed at, at Russ Dizdar ShatterTheDarkness.net. Uh, Russ is on the front lines of fighting unspeakable evil, evil that that folks. Um, you know, I even you don't even want to hear the story. No, I, I, you know, and, and this is not an exaggeration. After I got done, after Russ and I got done, I actually slept for I think it was ten hours because I was. You talk about being mentally wiped out. Um, and I, just at one point, I. I I'm a pretty rough guy, okay? I mean, I, I think of myself as a pretty rough guy. And I've seen some, I mean, I've carried severed limbs. In, in the, you know, 19 years old, I'm carrying an arm or a finger. Or, so, I mean, I've, I'm pretty grizzled, shall I say, if I can say. Well, being a former EMS, yeah, but, but one would be man. used to blood and gore and but, situations that are... But, but you know what, Joe, the level of evil that he fights mm-hmm. it, to me is just astounding. So when you hear, please tune in to Global Star Radio Network every weeknight from 6 to 7. This show comes on right before ours. Listen to what Rush, Russ Dizdar has to say. Shatterthedarkness.net is his website. And I say that because the window there's a window of evil that few people and, and my, my book is a little bit about this there are people who will refuse to discuss or deny exists the evil at this level and we are fighting against principalities and powers of darkness of true evil we're, we're fighting against people who have multiple generations of uh, MPD uh, uh, DID we're fighting against people who have been trained as multiples by our own government and I know how ridiculous that sounds because 10 years 15 years ago not 10 years ago but you know I'm sure 20 years ago I would have scoffed at that but our own government creating multiples when I say multiples I'm talking about splitting the personalities of people and and the, the absolute heinous torture uh, it's just beyond description, and and the defies description. And his book Block Awakening, uh, where he talks about in the end uh, the legions, the legions who are part of this evil, are going to break through, and and, and tell you, you're going to see people that you thought were maybe a partner on a police force, maybe. Maybe even a spouse, although uh, who knows? A neighbor suddenly take over and, and show their true selves. Anyway, uh, so my hats off to Russ Dizdar, and and I just I I was wow. But uh, and he's don't forget he's got a birthday coming up at the end of the month. He's going to be sixty, and, and he doesn't look it. But uh, he's also going to be at the revival with uh, 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 Steve Quayle. David Langford and uh, Gary Haven. He's also going to uh, Missouri. So click on Revival and Hagman and Hagman.com there if you want to see him. And you got to register. And let them know you heard you heard this on Hagman and Hagman too. 
we get uh, brownie points for that. And to, to a couple other things, since you're just joining us, some people, uh, don't forget to catch us on uh, DirecTV channel 367 this Friday. 11.30 p.m. 11.30 p.m. Eastern time, the real time. And uh, thank you. Thank you for watching last week and this week again, uh, The Coming Apocalypse. You're going to be hearing more about that show, that t- that network, that, that station. It's, it's just fantastic. So, But anyway, having said all that, saddle for battle. Things are not going to happen, I think, the way you think they are, and to prove that even more. Where's the saddle for battle? Hang on, hang on, okay, let's do that. You tell me, saddle for battle. Tell me when this ready. See, we got these new visuals. Tell us what you think. Folks, saddle for battle. How's that for an intro and outro? Saddle for battle. Seriously, we need to be very, we need to be very, um, in my view anyway, I think we need to, we need to regain our composure as Christians. And really, we need, we need to understand the, the level that the battle or the, the tenor the battle is taken, taking. So saddle for battle. I want to do that. Let's go. I, I know you, you mentioned the, Garland, Texas shooters last week. Yes, I did. And I can't remember what context that you meant. Was it about the FBI agent? Well, yes. What the, okay, there was an embedded FBI agent who said tear up Texas. Yes, okay. Tear up Texas. That's what I thought. All right. So again, we're looking at the complicit nature, the the complicity of, of a federal law enforcement agency and, and having been Elton Simpson. That's the FBI agent, right? Yeah. Okay. When when you infiltrate an organization, uh, or when you infiltrate, no, you the were, agent messaged Elton Simpson. I'm sorry. Days before he opened fire at the Dra Muhammad event. Oh, so that's he, right. That's right. I'm the sorry. The Daily Beast has recently right. reported that days before an ISIS sympathizers attacked a cartoonist contest in Garland, Te- in Garland, Texas, he received a text from an undercover XBI, FBI agent, yep. Tarrup, Texas. Yeah, that's frowned upon. I mean, at least it was, at least when, when I worked as an operational asset. You don't incite violence. You, you monitor and you mitigate, if not extinguish any, any violence, but you don't incite violence. Whereas this FBI agent, uh, depicted in the, that's, that article in, actually incited the, did more to incite the violence against this particular... This is Pam Geller's yeah. uh, deal. And that's what's being asked here. They say, um, you know, to some degree, I understand that undercover FBI agents have to play along um, Yes. Well, in undercover operations that they're dealing with. But in order to be an informant, you still have to have credibility. It's a whole other thing if you're encouraging and cheering on the proposed murder of Americans who are standing in defense of the freedom right. of speech and not... And then not doing anything about it, so they wonder where is where was the line with this agent, well, the Daily Beast, as a well, the, you know, it, I don't think that there's much because you 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 said before too when I said I was anti-tolerance, you know, you said there's a fine line. Well, there's I think a, a more clear distinction here when you are embedded, when you are an FB, when you are when you are undercover, the line is very simple. You do not promote or encourage lawlessness or breaking the law you, you really can't do that just as for example you cannot um, 
um, at least when I was in my limited capacity, you could you could not, for example, um, well, you just couldn't. It, 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 you could not ask somebody to do something they would not ordinarily do, or you could not cheerlead them on. Um, so there's a clear, distinct line there. People in law enforcement know this. Um, it would be like, well, I'm not going to get into various examples, but but I think it's pretty clear. I think it's clear to people that what we're seeing here is this this. Um, well, I think the I think the federal agencies, at the direction under the direction of the leadership, are being asked to step over that line and to create situations that would not normally happen without that uh, little bumper, that little push toward, well, just what that agent did. It's not right. It doesn't build credibility. Tear up Texas. Eh, No, I don't think so. All right. We have news on the Zika virus that has been hitting South Florida pretty hard. Um, The headlines that we see are Miami... um, Parts of Miami are like a ghost town. Well, the first case of locally acquired Zika virus has arrived in Palm Beach County. Governor Rick Scott said Monday the infected person recently traveled to Miami-Dade County, ground zero for an outbreak of Zika acquired through domestic mosquitoes. State health officials are attempting to determine where the unidentified person contacted the virus. Before Monday's announcement, the state said that 20 people in Palm Beach County had been infected while traveling outside the United States to country, countries mostly in the Caribbean and Latin America where the virus is widespread. South Florida has had 17 cases of locally acquired Zika, including at least 14 in a one-square area in Miami's Windward neighborhood, a popular arts district just north of the city's downtown. There have also been two confirmed cases in Broward County, that's south of, of Miami, and non of non-travel related Zika. Scott said Monday, uh, the governor said Monday, that state officials still believe the local transmission transmission of Zika remains confined to the Windward area. Well, now, there's still a mystery out here. Nailed, uh, uh, they are. A neurotoxin. They're spraying um, a neurotoxin, as you yep. said, J.D., uh, told you about earlier. They're also releasing genetically modified mosquitoes Right into what could possibly the Florida area, as they say, to contaminate the uh, mosquitoes they mate with who have the virus, they will then die. I still don't understand how that works. Um, and in a, another separate article, the Windward, a ghost town, as spring for Zika continues, it says this neighborhood is always um, popular was notably empty of its usual weekend crowds, and they say it was because of the virus. Several shop owners and managers would not even talk to CBS local CBS4, who tried to speak with them, as they did not want to draw more attention to the situation. There was one uh, shop owner who said off-camera that she only had one sale and it didn't happen until 5 p.m., a very unusual weekend. They said it's actually pretty much been a ghost town. So what does this say? Um... There are what, restaurants. What is, this is a hot spot for, for people. What, what does it say when Puerto Rico says, "No, you, you ain't spraying this stuff. It, 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 mm-hmm. you get get out of here." Yet, uh, is this like being dumped? That. 
Cuba had come out and, and just criticized Obama on their immigration policy, saying that it was dangerous and reckless <laughs> the way that uh, Obama was allowing immigrants to come into America. Sure. It's the same thing. I mean, when you have third world nations run by, well, Puerto Rico is part of America, but right. Cuba is not, obviously. We just, uh, Obama administration recently allowed travel to Cuba and took restrictions off of that country that has been basically since the Cold War an enemy of America. So, so wait a second. Does, that, does that mean criticizing. that Eric's uh, Cubans are legal now? Yes, they are. Are I you believe sure? So. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure. They're legal. legal. To, to, well, no, I'm, I'm, not talking about actual, I'm not talking about actual Cubans, not the cigars, but actual Cubans that he's got. Oh, those guys. Mowing his lawn and stuff. It oh, depends no. on how he uh, takes care of them. I mean, okay. Well, they have mattresses, access to food. But, but With Eric, I'm not sure. No, but you've got okay. So the the but see, I I think I think again we're looking at a a, a number of issues here. We talked about Ted Brower about about this virus, of course, and, and you go you go to you go to Africa where they're where they're actually putting pregnant women on ships and and, and they're having abortions uh, in international waters because they're afraid that their their unborn children are going to be born with this microencephaly. Which is abnormally small heads, on. Um, but yet now they're 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 in Florida. They're dumping uh, tons and tons of ne- this neurotoxin nalid in these various areas. JD, our creative evangelist, is right at ground zero there and getting dumped on by this nalid, this neurotoxin. Which, by the way, eh, it it does. Look, it's only got a few side effects. It causes a person to salivate more, and to feel a numbness and headaches, dizziness, tremors, nausea, abdominal cramps, sweating, blurred vision, difficulty breathing, slowed heartbeat, and ultimately perhaps death. But don't worry. We're kitten the mosquitoes. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, as it, and they're looking at, at, at how this, how this, um, uh, this virus lives in a man's, uh, shall we say, the essence of a man. You know what I mean? The love juice of a man. Um, y- yes, yes, go to hagmanreport.com, and there's an article there. J- uh, Eric had to remind me of that. Uh, I'm sorry about that. But yes, go to, go to hagmanreport.com and, and take a look, because... It's critical. I mean, we're being gamed into this. This is all about eugenics. This is all about genocide, in my view, anyway. Um, what do we do? What do we do about this? If you're you know, the origins uh, of this virus, go back to a Rockefeller patent. Yes, from 1947, and people don't know that. I have to dig out. I'm not sure if I have it on this computer or another one. But um, it's definitely very easy to find. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. The the patent's very vague, uh, and the information on it's very vague. I don't think the timing of it's coincidence, though. You look at 1947, 48, that's when Israel became a nation again after the war. United Nations was set up. Right. And the Rockefellers were involved. So there's something more to this virus, I do believe, that goes much further beyond coincidence. 
Well, and, and, I, and I think that we, again, against the backdrop of what we're seeing here, you know, the laughing hyenas of the State Department saying, ha, 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 we fooled you, and we're fooling you all the time, where this, you know, the, the, the criminality cannot be more overt. Well, I suppose it could be. It could be right in your front yard. But but here we see this this continuing conduct of criminal behavior that is Washington D.C. and we're seeing it uh, through the spraying of neurotoxins in Miami with, with the nodding approval of uh, uh, you know the the mayor down there. We're seeing this uh, the residents of of, of Florida. Uh, the the pets, the wildlife being affected, subjected to this ongoing and limitless spraying campaign. Officials who are doing this have yet to say, well, we're going to stop it, you know, at this point, or this is how long it's going to last. No one asked the approval of the residents down there. And really, what at the end of the day, I think I think one has to ask themselves, what is um. What, 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 is this a man-made virus? I mean, how much do we know about this? I, I, I happen to see, Joe, I happen to see on, 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 again, that sewage pit of a, of a forum, Democratic Underground, when I was, when I was looking, and it was, there were, there were people there who were applauding the passage of the Dark Act. Now, folks, I don't know how many, uh, how many of you know, how many, I'm sure most of our audience does know, that Monsanto is behind the, the legislation to to keep the to keep the ingredients or, or uh, what they're allowed to do is is put genetically modified foods on the shelves of grocery stores without labeling them as genetically modified. Also allowed to put genetically modified foods and label them natural on that's correct and, and, shelves. And you and you have these yo-yos out there you know, on these forums saying. See, science is better than the knee-jerk reactions of those who are who, those who object to, to to having this done. In other words, they're defending the very people. These these people are defending that practice. It's okay, for example, it's okay uh, not to be told or or to to trust in science over nature, and that's the narrative that we're being subjected to. And I believe this is going to be part of the, the the larger deception when it comes comes around, because I believe that the deception that is going to involve Christianity and the outlawing of Christianity and the alien savior in quotation marks, or the the, the fact that 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 really uh, Jesus uh, is is not the savior, you know, didn't didn't die and didn't wasn't. Uh, didn't was not uh, resurrected. Um, the narrative will change to water down and, and ultimately change Christianity. You see, the pattern here is the same. It's from the same playbook. That the pages are the same. This is all part of that deception. Uh, when we have science, trust in science. Don't trust in nature. The deception is going to come from science proving that oh we have an alien savior we're being set up for this by the pope by the vatican specifically this pope we're we're seeing science coming out and saying well you can live to be you know 200 years old or more 
uh, through genetic uh, genetic engineering. You can have the designer babies. We're seeing all of this take part, and all of this is going to be part of the greater deception. So this Zika virus, and what about the vaccines? See, this is the other thing. What about when they say, "Well, we have a vaccine to pre- to prevent Zika from infecting you." And they're working on it. They That's say they right. almost have the, the cure. It's worked on monkeys. We're just waiting for human trials now. Now, when you say it's worked on, well, uh, it's worked you, on. You know it's worked on an animal from trial. Right? <laughs> All right. Yeah. It, it, it just like uh, you know. That's what they say, and, and you know. Oh boy, but, but look at things, and I would urge everyone to look at things from a broader perspective, because you know here we here we are again. Uh, on this particular day, as we as we get toward the end of the dog days of summer, and there's a the reason why that's called that, and maybe we'll get into that at some point in the future. It involves the the dog star uh, series, but but having said that, what the sun, what are you talking about? The dog days of summer, the yeah. dog star series. I was just reading about that. There's yeah. the the meteor shower that we are going to be entering into, the peak of which is on the 11th of August. Um, but you can start to see them now. The Persidious meteor shower, I think it might be called. Yeah, but the, sure. this gets into the dog days of summer and Sirius um, entering its phase. And there's interesting phases of the moon and, and Jupiter where it actually looks like the crescent moon and star. Well, and, and don't forget the planetary alignment's important to, to the globalists who you are know, making the plan. I don't pay attention to that much, but as time goes on, it seems that more earthquakes, volcanoes, and things tend to coincide with those alignments. And that's just from science I've looked at. Right. And tomorrow we'll ask Stan about it. But um, there is major yeah. alignments coming up. And also, uh, in, in separate news, there was a, a suicide bomber in Pakistan. Yes, there was. Did uh, ISIS 63? claimed responsibility, 70 or dead. Oh, 70? Okay. As he blew himself up in the lobby of a hospital. Men, women, and children. It sounds like killed. mental illness to me. It's just... Um, just that, that, that's a go-to phrase, folks. That's a code for... We can't say it's Islam. We can't say they're Muslim. Sounds like and mental illness for me. The United Nations and uh, the United Nations Security Council must not allow civilians on both sides of the Syrian city of Aleppo to be cut off from humanitarian aid. As U.S. urges Russia to halt Syrian sieges, Russia slams <laughs> the politicalization of the uh, what they're trying to do as they're and we uh, reported on this last week. They're trying to get the remaining ci- civilians out of um, was it Aleppo, I believe. Uh, well, yeah, yes, yeah, of yes, Aleppo. Yes, in order to continue their bombing campaign against ISIS, but are being halted by the U.S. Um, in several ways, especially in the media. And Obama comes out and says, "Israel loves my Iran deal," and is Israel saying? <laughs> Obama, you're an idiot. Your Iran deal's garbage. In I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, really. But what world do these people live in? I mean, see, it doesn't matter. What difference does it make? What difference does it make? Again, folks, uh, please keep in your prayers the individual, the the the, the men, the, the the our soldiers from Extortion Seventeen five years ago this past Saturday, where their lives were snuffed out by 
Hillary Diane Rodham the witch Clinton by her policies, or at least she was overseeing that, shall we say, along with Obama, extortion 17, going down August 6, 2011. Keep them in your prayers. Charles Strange, Michael Strange Foundation, interviewed on our program as well as others talking about that. Things are not as they appear to be, and in fact, things are not going to happen the way we believe, perhaps. They are already happening. We just need to be aware and uh, focused. Be aware. Situa- situational awareness is really a prime thing. I mean, that, that's we really need situational awareness because that will ensure, along with our belief in God, uh, situational awareness will help us to ensure our survival. And, of course, physical survival, spiritual survival is necessary as well, spiritual belief to help and protect us. Folks, until tomorrow, God bless every one of you. Thanks for tuning in. 